Welcome. Thank you for having me. This is really cool. Yeah, definitely. I've been thinking, I've, I've wanted like content like this for fingerboarding. So I think it's really cool you started it. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for it for sure. I yeah. think there's a lot of background stuff people have no idea about. So it'll be really cool to share. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So what's in your beverage cup over here? <laughs> um, this is kind of out of character for me, but because um, I drove three hours to get here, I stopped to get gas. So I got, I love the logo, to be honest, on this, but this is Speedway. They bought out Hess, I'm pretty sure, and this used to be Hess Stations, now it's Speedway. But I got a um, big, tall, extra large cup of, like, just black coffee. And then I got water in this, and I'm a Nalgene guy, so I like the way, <laughs> I like the way they, I like them. I like the hard plastic, it's, it's nice. So that's what I'm that's what I'm drinking. Keep it out of the sun though. Does it melt? No. When you have uh plastic in the sun it like leaches all the plastic chemicals into your water like much faster. Oh. So and then you drink up some nice microplastics. I thought these were BPA free though. Yeah, but you know what they replace replace the BPA with? BPB, I don't know, just <laughs> yeah. like something yeah. else, you know, it's they're gonna come out in like five years and be like, Oh man, the BPA replacements were even worse than the previous thing I, yeah i think the safest way to probably drink water is just like from a stream straight from the cow right yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah usually i have like um i like to make my coffee at home normally i i try not to buy coffee out because it's expensive yeah not this though this was this was i still have like half of it left to be honest so cool should be enough to get through the show <laughs> yeah yeah i don't even know if i'm gonna take a sip of it to be honest but but yeah it's a good ornamental coffee, then. It's a nice, it's a nice, it looks like product placement, honestly. <laughs> yeah, we're not sponsored, though, not by them. <laughs> Any coffee companies want to sponsor the show, though, hit me up. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, so, take us back to the beginning. What was your childhood like, and then at what point did you start fingerboarding? And then, you know, where did it go from there? So, uh, my childhood was, like, really great. Um, my, I have an older brother. Um, so whatever he was into, I was into. So I was like into like Power Rangers, um, like gargoyles, like all the, like, not like general gargoyles, but like the show gargoyles. Oh, okay. I was like, dang, like looking at buildings. <laughs> I just liked gargoyles. general gargoyles, um, the statues. No, I liked all like stuff like that, like X-Men, Spider-Man. Like I was into all that stuff. Um, and like Hot Wheels and all that stuff. So I was always into like toys. I played in my room for like hours on end, just like myself, just like playing with action figures and stuff. Um, I played sports, but I really liked basketball a lot. Like that was like, I was like, I'm gonna be a pro basketball player. Wow. And then I collected basketball cards, um, Pokemon. Like How I was into- How old were you into, like when you were doing that? Like seven. Okay. Yeah. I usually like, I followed like my brother's interests a lot because yeah. um, he collected like Garfield and like Smurfs and all that. Like he was a collector. So I was naturally like into like collecting stuff and um, just like I liked movies as a kid. Like I loved the Sandlot, like stuff like that. So I was like really into like toys, like really into toys. Like I wasn't like into like nature or anything like that. Like, I think the only thing I did was like play basketball outside and stuff like that. So I think that kind of was always like 
you know, prevalent in my life all the way through. And then I think literally around, um, I forget how old I was, but my neighbor brought a skateboard over and I was like enamored. Like I, I really like, I was like, I have to try that. Of yeah. course I like sat on it and like rolled it like that, <laughs> but it was like really scary to like step on it. But that I must've been like nine or 10 or something. And so I asked for a skateboard for my birthday. So it's not, no, for Christmas and I got it. And that kind of got me interested in like skateboarding. And then I saw tech decks in stores. And I think honestly, like I didn't, my first fingerboard like wasn't a tech deck. It was like a Pokemon fingerboard. You know, those ones with like the plastic grip tape. Whoa. I like a ghastly um, and a Pidgeotto um, <laughs> fingerboard. I still have them. Oh dude, that's awesome. And I was like, this is really cool. And then I just started to like, ask for more like fingerboard stuff i got like the the tech deck like you know plaza with like the two step and the eight stair and the quarter pipe um yeah that's a classic yeah i still have them like they're those are still like probably some of the best ramps um that was kind of where i started to like collect them i i wasn't like obsessed with skateboarding back then um but so it was like one of your few hobbies kind of just like Got the cards, got the fingerboards, got the... Yeah, like, I was always into action figures. Like, it's it was a really, like, big thing. Like, I have... I still, like, have a lot of them. Um, but I think what happened was, like, at that age, I must have been, like, fifth grade, maybe. So that was, like, 2001 for me. I was collecting... I would, like, bring tech decks to school, and I could do, like, the flick where it would like flick up in the air and you're like you know that noise when like the trucks yeah. were losing like, <laughs> i thought that was so cool yeah and i thought i was probably the best in the world because like i had no idea that anyone could do anything um so i would just like bring them as like toys and stuff and then uh somehow i got flying fingers the um matt johnson vhs and that opened my eyes to everything i was like holy shit like this guy is doing like heel flips he's it's like he's skating outside like with like a fisheye lens and like recreating stuff and bringing a like a uh half pipe out into like his yard in like the grass like th that video is if no one's ever seen that it's on youtube someone uploaded it it's like a must watch like it really shows like what must have been a lot of people's first uh impression yeah. um to like you know to like fingerboarding the other video I had seen that was early fingerboarding too was, um, what's the other one? It was Flying Fingers and Fingers of Fury. Yeah. That video, one of my friends had it and he brought it over to like a sleepover and we watched Black Label's skate video and then he, and then, and then we watched, um, Fingers of Fury. And I remember seeing the guy do a nollie over like a wine cork <laughs> and I was like, that's crazy. Like people are doing like nollie stuff. So then I started to just, I like focused all my attention on like, I would just like try to learn. I, uh, I would do like ollies on my leg, like Matt Johnson. Yeah. And then I was like, wow, I'm like, I'm like the best in the world. <laughs> I literally thought that for a really long time. Um, and then I went on to techdeck.com. So I was collecting tech decks. Like that's always, I still kind of do. Um, they're just really cool. 
like I would put them on my action figures too nice. and like have them ride it and stuff. Um, and I went to techtech.com and I saw their forum and they had a couple things that also opened my eyes. Uh, they had sites that shred. I don't remember yeah. that. Yep. Wow, dude, that's yeah. That's a blast. From I the, know, past. the the forum was green background with like black text, and sites that shred. I discovered a couple of things. Ingenuity. Do you remember that? Yeah. Wow. There was a clip. So, I had only known like Matt Johnson, right? Like he's he's the best. And then I saw this person. I thought on, you were the best. Well, he kind of humbled me, right? (laughs) I was like, I can't use three fingers anymore. Uh, Oh, I also would also mention that in my school, like middle school, tech techs were massive. I mean, like everyone had them. No one really knew what they were doing, but like we would all take like a pen and put it on the edge of the table and ride it like and like (laughs) slap it down. And then we would also take the, um, you know, the clip that the pen like yeah. goes in your pocket we'd rip those off and like lick our fingers and stick it to it and ride it like a snow skate sick so like up until then i was like this is what fingerboarding is then sites that shred ingenuity i saw someone do a tourney flip yeah and it was like it was like a video that i would imagine would be playing in like a corner of like a like a bike shop you know <laughs> like it was like really cool it's like a slice of culture um and that got me like really interested. I also visited early on the early stages of FFI, which was a flash-based website. Do you remember that? Yeah. You would click on like the DVDs or like the CD collection. And this is a big shout out to that guy, Nate, because uh, that was probably one of the first places I saw like bands. Like he had a, like a music section on the site and it was like, you could see like, you could listen to clips of like Alkaline Trio or like Lawrence Arms. And that was like really cool to me because I was like, how did this guy make this site? Like, this is amazing. Um, but it wasn't a forum at that time. I think it was more like just a site about fingerboarding. So I then went to TechDex forum and I was like blown away. Like I was interested in like the obstacles because um, people would like make crazy stuff out of like cardboard and stuff like that. Like there's that classic like picnic table template you know, the one where it's like, mm-hmm. I think everyone probably made one of those. Um, and probably like the first person that I saw who like did the most like incredible tricks was, um, do you remember Eddie Vargas? Yeah. He's like, he was under a God of tech deck on tech deck <laughs> forums <laughs> and awesome. his videos blew my mind and I started diving deep. Um, so that's pretty much like, that's the early days of like my introductions like fingerboarding for the most part that's awesome there's like so many throwbacks in there just like thinking about ffi and tech deck forums and yeah i think like when i discovered ffi it was already they had the forums but they still had the website up too because like you went to the homepage and it was like website and forum or something like that okay okay yeah that was like a little later because i started in like 2003 ish 2002 and then Probably got online 2003 or four, I guess. Yeah, there's that weird thing of like, when do you consider yourself actually starting to fingerboard for real? Yeah. Or when did you like, you know, it's like when you discover it and it's just like a cool toy or whatever. Um, I don't consider that time really like my start of fingerboarding. I was just like enamored by it, you know, like, yeah. uh, 
I remember going on YouTube early on and seeing Michael King Scott um, do stuff that I, I, I didn't understand how he did it. But my real start, I consider it being like 2006-ish. Yeah. When I would just like stay home. Like it would be like summer where everyone's hanging out <laughs> and I just would be staying home filming with a digital camera like all these tricks on like that World Industries double set. <laughs> like I was just like blown away. Yeah. Well, it was like all I could think about. <laughs> yeah, that definitely. I think like a lot of us kind of went through those phases of like just being so obsessed and it's just like nothing else matters at all, especially when you're yeah. a kid. It's like this is everything. Yeah, and like the fact that we were making videos like – yeah. I was like, I felt like I was hot shit for making a video on like Windows Movie Maker with like <laughs> blue, standard blue background with like the, the gray type. Like, I just thought I was like, wow, I'm like making a skate video. I'm like making a sponsor me tape. Like, I don't know. It's just like, it was a introduction to a world too that I didn't know other people were good. And it's, it was cool to see other people who did a similar hobby that feels so like, a lot of people viewed it as a toy in my school, mm-hmm. and a lot of people didn't understand when I kept doing it. I got like made fun of, you know, for like playing with a toy and stuff. And it's like, it it shook me at the time. Now I don't really care because it's yeah. actually like nowadays it's cool to play with a toy and like be good <laughs> at it, um, or it's accepted at least. Right. But to see other people who took it as serious as I did, or was as obsessed as I did, was was big yeah is that what got you through it like when people were saying like oh you're so dumb for doing that and then like you saw that there was other people or like what was it that made you stick with it with throughout that pressure like how did you deal with the pressure I guess definitely like those early years of like FFI where like we all kind of started at the same time it was something that I was like I kept hidden like I don't know if you remember like my early videos were like ASDF like fingerboarding ASDF because I thought that would hide the ability for someone to find my videos. Because mm-hmm. um, I, was, I was like afraid. It sounds stupid now, but I was like very nervous um, for anyone finding it. Because I didn't want to like be made fun of, you know, yeah. again. So I had like a, it's, it sound, again, it sounds kind of dumb. It's like a pseudo like double life where like online, every day after school, I'd be like, I have to go to FFI. I have to like, these are like the people who share my, 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 you know, my interest. Yeah. Uh, and so I guess that's kind of what got me through it. I was making friends like Taylor Lucas was one of the first people that I was like kind of friendly with. And like, I was like really like obsessed with his videos. He made a lot of videos back in the day. Yeah. Um, and that, I think that honestly was just that whole like friendship and like common, common level that we were all on. And the fact that it felt so like we were all discovering it and making progress at the same time, that was just awesome. Yeah. Like the sharing of the videos and like commenting on like what tricks you liked and it was just really cool. That was yeah. my first forum I ever went to, too. Like, Yeah, me too, definitely. I think there was a huge like sense of community and friendship and even, <clears throat> even like enemies and whatever. Just like there was so much stuff in the forums that like it it totally was like when you get home from school it's like where you go almost it's like yeah. you, it's like you want to go hang out with real people or you want to like hang out in the computer and like talk to people that are into this thing that you're just obsessed with and it's like the greatest thing yeah and so when did you kind of go from like only having online connections to like 
you know, who was the first, like, fingerboarder you met or, like, time you saw fingerboarding in real life? Like, somebody else, like, on your level or better? Uh, 100% Rendezvous 2, I think. Cool. Wasn't it? It was 2, right? Probably, yeah. yeah. 2 was uh, the first time I ever, like, fingerboarded with actual people. So Sweet. I met you for the first time, Gary Chin, like, I think Brett... Brett Greg, uh, oh, Gagliardo yeah. was there. Yep. Um, Doug was there. Doug was there. I remember. I, I remember when you literally walked in, like, <laughs> uh, and like everyone was like, some people knew who you were, and like other people didn't, and I didn't know who you were because you were on like a different forum. Um, but yeah, it was like it was like a real like, it felt. It, I was like nervous, you know, like it felt weird showing up. Um, yeah. But that was the first time, I think. And then I also had Taylor Rosenbauer over my house a couple of times. Him and John Contra showed up and we like, because he had like at the time the largest Black River Ramps collection. I remember he bought like the entire catalog. Um, That was like mind blowing, honestly. Like I don't think you could ever like recreate that, you know, because I remember watching the first Rendezvous and being so jealous seeing like you and Taylor and everyone. So, yeah. Yeah, dang, that's crazy. I don't think people even understand what it's like to not have <laughs> that stuff and then to first have the opportunity to check it out or get it or whatever. Yeah, I'm, I sometimes I get a little jealous watching current fingerboarding because it's so common now. Or, like, people even have, like, a, a really good setup as just a casual thing. And, like, I think what people don't realize is, like, even back then, like, there weren't parks like we brought like there were tables and then it was like single ramps like set up and that was like pretty amazing like i also used a lot of black river ramps at the rendezvous two and three and all that stuff like for the first time yeah and that was like a big deal too um setups too like i didn't have many setups like i literally had like a couple of decks that i really liked and that was a chance to, like, try out, like, all this crazy stuff that, like, never would have ever tried out. And nowadays, it's really easy, I feel like. It's, like, meet people, not where I live, for some reason. I don't, I don't know. I don't know anyone near me, but um, I want to kind of start something. But, um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy now. You should. I think if you do an event, if you just say, like, hey, meet up at this place, whatever, like, people will come out of nowhere and, like you'll find out that, like, your neighbor fingerboards, like, somebody somewhere <laughs> in crazy. your town or, like, you know, it's, like, occasionally I'll get, like, somebody orders a fingerboard to, like, my town, and it's, like, wow. <laughs> so, like, there's there's people doing it everywhere. Yeah. I love seeing how common it is now, how, like, popular it is. It's, yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. But I would, I'm, like, very thankful that, like, we got to experience those, like, that time. Yeah, Because, like, unique. if something happened everyone on FFI knew what happened. Like, it, there, were, there wasn't, yeah. like, multiple channels of different scenes. Like, now it's, like, there might be a whole different scene on, like, TikTok or, like, Instagram. But, like, everything happened on FFI. And I love that. Like, I think that's just... It was so small and, like, tight-knit. Yeah, everything was super connected. And then there was, like, the German forums that we would all, like, look at and be like, I don't know what's going on there, but did you <laughs> yeah. see this? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, post, like, a super shiny board. Like, how do they get it shiny? Wow, like, that unlocked a memory for me, too. I would go to those, and I'd be like, because, like, I, you couldn't translate it. You'd put it into, like, Babelfish, and, like, yeah. it would translate it wrong. 
Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, and even like Black River, I mean, uh, getting rip tape was super hard. Yeah. I actually um, just made a 26 millimeter deck and I had one piece of uncut rip of cut rip tape yeah. that I put on it. Like that was cool. That was currency. And like you'd have to I don't know, like you'd like you'd be like, I have three pieces. I have to make this last. Yep. So it's really awesome. Put it on something good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well also like back then, like what I had was what I used. Yeah. My first deck was a pre which I think That's is a pre. Awesome. I don't think I don't know if it is. Someone told me it's a pre. It's a zebra wood red bottom ply big concave um it was i always wanted an uh, evolve deck because i was like that's gonna make me better <laughs> um but yeah yeah tell me about when you got sponsored for the first time in fingerboarding so i think it was rendezvous two or three i forget which one it might have been three no it was two i think i don't know regardless i did a trick on the it might still be on your YouTube page. It's like a, it's like a late shove it rock to fakie. Oh, dude, I remember that. <laughs> I that was like I was like crazy. Like I don't even know how that happened. When I got home, somehow you got my house number. I don't know how. <laughs> you must have looked it up or something. And I think you left a message on my house number, saying like you're sponsored by Flatface. And I was like, Mom, like you gotta know what just happened. Like this. This just happened. And that was like, that's honestly like the first big sponsor that I had. I had other sponsors, but it would only last like two weeks, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was just really cool. Like, I feel like <clears throat> that was in 2007. So I guess that was Rendezvous 2 or 3. Yeah, probably. 2. Either one. Yeah. Probably 2. But that was, that was that. I honestly haven't really had many other sponsors, to be honest. After, like, it was, like, Flatface was, like, the catch-all, you know? Like, you had decks, you had, like, wheels and all that stuff. Yeah, it was, it was really cool, like, I don't know, just, like, sponsoring somebody is so exciting. I feel like it's exciting for both people, because it's just, like, I get to see the excitement in the person, and then I get even double excited, because first yeah. I'm like, oh, I hope he says yes. Like, I don't ever think, like, he's definitely going to say yes. I'm like, you know, I got to ask the person if they want to be sponsored, and, like, hopefully they're down. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh, cool, he's in. Like, I don't know. I just, I remember just seeing your fingerboarding and just being like, damn, it's, like, so clean and stylish. Like, this is, and, like, you know, you meet the person, and it's like, yeah, cool person, we get along, and then it's just like, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, I felt the same way. Yeah. It was really cool meeting you in person. I had also watched your videos. I remember you, you had a lot of, you, you made a lot of videos, too, like, back in the day yeah um definitely like you made as many probably videos as like taylor lucas i feel like um i was filming all the time getting home from school like can't wait to use whatever newest obstacle i got or made or yeah there's just always something yeah i feel like just from there it's like there's not much to really like touch on i've just always been obsessed i think um the thing that i feel like I would say is that around like 2013 I was just not interested like the scene kind of took like a weird turn and it was like <clears throat> when it went from like YouTube to like Instagram and I didn't understand like short content like back in the you know back in the day you made a video that was like 30 seconds 
like it was like, kind of like long like a like a 30 second mini or something yeah with a bunch of different tricks different angles like, yeah from filmed different and then put sessions together. maybe too like you would hold on to the clips and you'd yeah. be like i'm stacking clips the instagram scene really was a turnoff for me it was too informal you know like yeah and there was people i think that also let a lot of people in and i'm not like gatekeeping at all but like I was like, whoa, I don't like, I can't keep track of all this, you know? And I just was, I just lost interest for a little bit. I didn't like stop fingerboarding, but like, I came back actually a little bit before the pandemic, seriously fingerboarding. Before that, I kind of just like, <clears throat> it was like five years of just like having it at my desk or something. Yeah. But I'm like, I think I've always viewed fingerboarding as like a, it's not a social thing for me. Weirdly enough, like, I like going to, like, rendezvous and, like, seeing everyone's stuff, but I'm into fingerboarding, you know? Like, yeah. it's something where it's, like, I don't need to party with it. I don't need to... And to each his own, completely. But I've always been, like, I want to, like... I, like, still do it now. Like, I just sesh for, like, 20 minutes. And, like, all I do is, like, think about what tricks haven't I done or, like, something like that. Or, like, it's not a casual thing. And I think when it <clears throat> went to Instagram... it went a little bit too casual like the joke edits or like the keyframed edits where it's like yeah. <laughs> moving around it's like i it's just not for me um and i think things have really found its its uh, groove again yeah totally i think like it's evolved into something really good now but it was very weird for a minute like as things online transitioned like forums were like not a thing anymore yeah and it was like that used to be the whole thing like the online aspect it was like forums and downloading videos to watch and that was it yeah, and like yeah. <laughs> you know and and it was a very like you know there's a few hundred people on there and like you know them all by name and then you know like who at least 50 of them are like more in depth and then yeah once it went to instagram or like yeah i don't know like you said so many people came in it was just like you don't know who anyone is and also like how do you even find it you yeah. know it's like yeah. you, you can't just type in like you know, fingerflipping.com slash forum and go there and you know yes. that's where everything is. It's like, you know, you open up Instagram. It's like, how do I find the person to follow and what, like, what? I don't, it's even harder and, now. And you can't search. Like, you saw something cool three years ago on Instagram. Yes. You'll never find it again. Like, it's so hard. I'm still trying to find that video where it's like, show me a deck where the dude oh, kicked one over the tank. That exists. <laughs> I saw that, like, a year ago. <laughs> I've been on a quest to find that for over over five i'm gonna years. find it and send it to you it's like somewhere on youtube <laughs> and i have it like somehow i don't know maybe it's saved to a thing or like maybe like pat mcginn sent it to me or something like that it but was yeah, like kickflip over a toy tank yeah kickflip over army jeep that's the name <laughs> of the video on youtube i need that because um i agree it's like uh you see something on, on like instagram you can't look up like kickflip back crook on a on like the red rail or something yeah. I also feel like this is something that isn't talked about and I discovered I struggle with this going to like any any rendezvous, especially now. I don't know who anyone is, even if I follow <laughs> you, because all the clips are just from the hand down. Yeah. I don't know what you look like at all. <laughs> so people are like, we follow each other, we've talked. And I, I'm, I'm like, we probably have, but I, I need to look at your hands for a second. <laughs> I'm like, you know, so it's a weird... It's weird now because also like everything's vertical. Um, back in the day, you'd yeah. shoot horizontal. You'd have a fisheye lens. I wanted a fisheye so bad. 
and my first and only fisheye was a Raynox clip-on. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Until the plastic clips broke. The QC-303, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. On a I Canon Elura. Ooh, yeah. nice. It wasn't that bad, but yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely a fan of not vertical video. Like Same. I don't know. I mean, now it's like you have to film vertical for Instagram in order for people to see it, like, because the algorithm and stuff. So it's almost like it's just forced. And it can look good, but it's not as good. Like, I'm filming yeah. everything with real cameras and putting it on YouTube still, and I'll copy it onto Instagram just to get more people to see it. But I would like, like to do that, but it's an extra step that I don't want to do anymore. I, like, you know, back in the day, too, you would, like... I would run through... I would... I wouldn't... You know how some people would use a tape and never use it again? Yeah. I used the tapes like 20 times through. I would even record over things I should have kept. Like, because I was just like desperate and I would just like use. I remember my teacher gave me like a box of tapes too. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, like, even if the heads were like so dirty, like, I still use them all. Um, and I remember like that was like so important. Firewire, like, yep. run, you know, doing all that. Now I don't think I could go through that. That extra step is like, I want to fill in on my phone and just put it out there. Yeah. The crazy thing is like, like I still do all that with the filming on tapes and stuff, like depending what camera I'm using. Mm -hmm. And, but it's just like, you could also, like you said, skip all of that and film it on a phone and like people appreciate it just as much. Like there's only, it's like only the older people that know, like when they see something that was filmed on a tape and it's like nostalgic to them. So they like it. Like, yeah, you know, we like to see VX and DVX footage. Everybody else, like younger kids, I think they prefer phone footage because it's like 240 frames per second and yeah. no quality edges looking all weird and gray colors and old looking. So it's like, yeah, but it's totally different. And then I guess you have like, HD cameras somewhere in the middle, you know, it's like easy. To I still shoot at 1080p. Yeah. On your phone, it doesn't matter if it's 4K. Like, I feel like I am a quality snob when it comes to TV. Like, I can't watch something that's 720p. Like, if, you know, I go to people's houses and I'm like, you still have a 720p TV? Like, they don't even make those anymore. But for some reason, I never got on the trend of like needing skate footage and fingerboarding footage to be in like the dvx look and feel it doesn't bother me but i'm not like craving it because to me i'm like i didn't know any better you know we right. watch like dvds they're in like 480p or something like they were pixelated to begin with like we didn't know any better now it's like i'm fascinated with like crisp footage so i'm actually like i think aesthetically it's cool to shoot like like we used to but I'm into both. Yeah, definitely me too. I'm like, on one hand, it's like I'm either going to film like a DVX edit and like make it look old or I'm going to go like the highest quality, super slow-mo, oh insane, crisp. Some of, the, some of your videos, like from like six years ago when it wasn't common, but you still had like the best camera on like the market. Yeah. I felt like I could reach through my <laughs> screen. Like the quality was so crisp. Like that, I always liked watching your videos because it was like, just to see, like, I could see every pop. It's like I had better vision, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, it was so crisp. Yeah, it's so crazy when you can capture something and, like, make it look more, like, more than real life, you know? Yeah. It's like well, I mean, crazy. you know, like, when you turn on your TV and it's, like, you by mistake flip to, like, the public access channel or, like, the Spanish channel or something, and it's, like, 
really crisp somehow. <laughs> I like that. They or like the up, the up converted TVs or whatever. <laughs> I like that. Dude, yeah, we could talk about it like video quality for way too long. <laughs> yeah. That's honestly the fingerboarding stuff. Like, oh, I do think what's cool. I mean, I was thinking about like, what are some like non-common things I've experienced? Aside from like the rendezvous and stuff, um, the Tech Deck Championship was really cool. Um, which is like a really mo- like high-viewed video on on. Um, YouTube, they actually hid the comments because, like, all the comments were hateful. <laughs> they were like, look at these losers. Um, but that was crazy. Like, I got invited to, and and you were too. You were there. Yeldo was there. Conrad Muscarella. Um, I just went through the names. Uh, Maverick. And Deshaun Harris was there. Uh, and it was just really cool. Like, they had in, I like to tell this, like, this is my, like, fun fact, if I, like, have to tell someone, like, what's your fun fact? They had, like, do you remember it was, like, in the half pipe? And they had the ramps yeah. set up within the vert ramp. Yeah, on the flat. And they had, like, big cameras that were streaming it to the Jumbotron. It was unreal, honestly. And then, at the end, Tony Hawk was, like, the one giving out, like, the big checks. And... I placed third and I have my check still. And like, I remember like a couple of years ago, I was like talking to my girlfriend. I was like, we got to find a good spot for this in the house. And she's <laughs> like, it's not going, it's not going in. Like you can put it in your office. But like it's not going in like the living room. And I had to like take a second to be like, I do kind of understand why that wouldn't belong in like the living room. But it's like, it's just cool. It's like, I think my first and only big check I'll ever probably like receive. So you never know. I heard you're doing some pretty big things, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll probably not get a big check from that. So, I don't think many people have big check moments. I don't think I've got a big check before. Like, not like that anyways. It's so weird. It's so, I had to go on the subway with it. Is it, like, huge, huge, or is it, it's like... what you just... Wow, it's, like, that it's like four feet. It's, like, foam core. Yeah. It's, like, sick. It's big. Yeah. So, when you get a check like that... How do you deposit it? Do they also give you a real check or, or is, are the numbers on there and you just like... It's fake. You, yeah. You, they, they had me sign like stuff with like my bank information and stuff. Okay. So and they're just going to send you... It's also money. taxed too. Yeah. Which a lot of people don't realize that in like celebrity, you know, like reality shows when they win like a million dollars, you really win like 700,000 or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> How much was your check for? It was a thousand. Sick. I think, and that's a lot when you're a little kid. Like, how old were we all back then? Oh, I wasn't little. I was. Uh, really? I was in my. Soft... Oh yeah, no, I was like eighteen. 17. I was in my junior year of college. Yeah. Okay, you're right. It wasn't as long ago as I thought. But it was crazy because I wasn't gonna go. I got the invite, and I was like, it was like the first couple days of like college, and I had transferred to the city, and I was very uncomfortable. I didn't. I wasn't mm. like planted you know like I didn't yeah, know where I, I know what I was feeling. doing and I remember telling my dad I was like I I, I want to go to this but I don't really feel like I'm ready and he's like no you have to go cool and so we went and it was like it was really cool that's I still, awesome I still have a bunch of the ramps um I think I got rid of a lot of them that were kind of crappy but like the what's that blue rail that's down like the big four set like uh not Pulaski it's um third and army 
No, that's that's the. I don't know. There's some famous spot with like a blue rail. It's like a gap, and then there's two blue handrails, short, tall handrails. I still have that set because I liked the four stair that came with it, but that's I got rid of a lot. I got rid of a lot of the tech deck ramps that I'm like not cool with, <laughs> like they're, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sweet. I also almost didn't go to that event. It was like I was talking to my mom, like, "Hey, can you drive us and stuff?" And then she's like, "Yeah." And then I was like, "Nah, I don't want to go." And then I think it was like the night before. I was like, "Mom, can we go tomorrow?" <laughs> like, and a bunch of my friends want to come too. Can you drive us all? And, like, she was just like, yeah, okay, let's do it. So it was really a last minute, like, barely went there. And it turned out to be awesome. It was awesome. And you got to meet <laughs> Tony Hawk, too. I got to meet Tony Hawk. Didn't you give him a deck? No. Dude, this is super fried. So, like, I was, <laughs> um, you know, I was, like, 18 or so. I was, like, still learning how to, like, use planet Earth and all that. So <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what the heck was going on. And I met Tony Hawk and, like... I don't know. I didn't want to like sound like I was bragging or something, so I like didn't tell him anything okay. about like I should have. Looking back at it, I should have said like, "Yeah, I'm Mike Schneider. Like, I'm a pro fingerboarder, whatever." Like, tell him a little bit about what I do. Maybe that I have a company or like. Maybe he wouldn't have sponsored with Hot Wheels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I basically I just said, "Hi, I'm Mike," and I took a picture with him and I walked out. And then okay. I told my dad that, and he was like, "You said what?" <laughs> You only said that? Because, like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, you know, he'll ask me about all of it. Like, you know, not thinking very well. Like, I guess that's a downside to, like, using the forums all the time instead of, like, socializing in real life when you're, like, younger. But, um, you know, that was a cool lesson because now I'm like, if I ever meet Tony Hawk again, I'm going to tell him what's up. You know, I'm going to introduce myself properly. Definitely. And have a real conversation and, like, you know... It, it's cool to like learn that lesson but yeah it, it would have been nice to learn it in like something that was like lower stakes but it's cool you talk to him more than i talk to him <laughs> <laughs> i mean i've always looked up to him a lot same and it's crazy like watching a lot of his content later like now like in podcasts and stuff and like we have so many similarities it's like ridiculous like he bought a house at the same age that i did and like which is like uncommon you know like in high school and yeah. it was just like all these random things that were like the same did so, you read like, his book the, Dude, the I one, did. The, I, had, the, the, I think it, he might only have one book, but it's like it's like red and black. Mine was orange and black. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. the one. Yeah, dude, I had that in fourth grade. I remember <laughs> I was reading it during class. The teacher comes over and like looks at it, slams it shut, takes it away. <laughs> Don't you ever bring this book back to my class. You can pick it up at the end of class and what? get rid of it. And I was like, what? Why? Like, I was so shocked because I was, eh, it was a Tony Hawk book. It's cool. That's you know? so weird. I guess there was a swear on that page and she saw it oh. or something. And it was fourth grade. You he know? did. There, I remember there's a couple <laughs> chapters where he talks about, like, his struggles or, like, you know, being young, like, having, like, failed marriages and stuff and, like, right, all yeah. that stuff. It was a really good book. I got to read it again. I, hope I still have it, I think. Ever since you shut the book, you never, you never finished <laughs> no, it. No, I finished okay. it for sure. I was obsessed with that book. But it was, it was yeah. good. But yeah, I, I've always looked up to him too. Like even before reading that book, like, um, which is a pretty good segue, honestly, because um, it's bound to happen. And if Henry or Kevin are watching this, they'll they'll probably laugh because all we do, honestly, when we're driving up to like the rendezvous, is talk about Tony Hawk um, Underground and like Underground <laughs> Two. Um, but all the Tony Hawk games also made my interest in skateboarding just like 
tenfold. Yeah, me some, too. Some people like have like skate and stuff. Like I actually didn't have skate when skate was out. I remember watching like your clips and stuff and being like, I wish I had an Xbox 360. <laughs> but I honestly, um, Tony Hawk 1 and 2, like I liked. I liked the soundtracks probably more than like the actual games. Tony Hawk 3 was the first GameCube game I ever got. And now I'm, I actually, I'm a purist. Like all the Tony Hawks, in my opinion, should be played on GameCube. I know a lot of people I like are like the GameCube the best too. Actually, all the that's buttons are say. closer together. Like, oh. I feel like I can get to grind a lot easier. So honestly, cool. I played I played a lot of Tony Hawk Underground. That's probably like my most that's my my favorite game of all time. Nice. The idea of like being a pro skater and playing make believe and like talking to Chad Muska, he like throws <laughs> you the deck. Um, the whole like thing of like filming, like doing the McTwist over the helicopter and shit, like. I played it recently, and it's, like, still good. You can yeah. beat it in, like, a couple hours, honestly. Whoa. But those games, honestly, like, if I wasn't fingerboarding, which is basically taking an obsession of skateboarding and just translating it to, because you just love skateboarding, I was simulating skateboarding in Tony Hawk. Yeah, I was doing the same thing. Like, if I wasn't fingerboarding or skateboarding, I was playing Tony Hawk. Yeah. And you know, later on playing skate, but really Tony Hawk, like in the early days, that was a huge thing for me, like, especially three and four, those were my favorites, and yeah, like you mentioned the soundtracks too, like it's, it's more than nostalgia, it's like good music too, it's just good energy and everything, like, oh, unbelievable. I just like, I like all those memes where like the guy is turning to the girl, like yelling in her ear, like this song was on Tony Hawk Pro Skater <laughs> too, because I actually like identify with that, because I'm like, I like, I can tell you, like, what, so, what game it was in, and, yeah, 4 is awesome. 4 is underrated, I think, actually. Yeah. 3 is, like, 3 is great because I love the idea of, like, all the levels are, are, are on, like, 411 VM tapes. Yeah. And, like, oh, I would also just do the cheat code to watch all the clips. Dude, I love oh. watching the clips. Like, it's really crazy how all this stuff goes back to fingerboarding, and it's, like, even if you're, you know, you're doing a crazy combo in Tony Hawk, you're not necessarily doing that combo on a fingerboard, but you're still just like, there's that skateboarding energy that's just like going through the roof the whole time. It's like, you know, you might get subconsciously uh, influenced by like an obstacle you saw in the game or something like that. And it's just, totally. there's always something like you can't get bored with fingerboarding because as soon as you do, you just look to skateboarding in any of its forms, whether yeah. it's videos or actually skateboarding or watching people or playing a video game, and then it's just you're back. You're yeah. hyped again 30 seconds later. That I had never thought of it that way, but that's absolutely true. I, <clears throat> I feel like what's, what I love about skateboarding, just the whole concept of it, is like, and I, I don't know if you ever like thought about this, but like the earth and like what we've built on the earth yeah. for human function somehow like you'd think at some point they'd stop building stuff that's like a slope like you know from the ground like a slope with like a perfect handrail that's not too high and it's just like it's amazing like the fact that like what started out as like mimicking surfing then was like oh no like i could gap this because look at how perfect this like grass gap is like that's to me that's why I like fingerboarding too, why I never get bored, 
because if I don't have an obstacle that I'm super jazzed about, like you were just fingerboarding on like the couch cushion. Yeah. And like, it's the same thing. It's like, I can make a spot out of that the way it's like intended, not, not intended to be seen. You can turn into like a spot binders back in the day. I would like skate on cause of like a slope. Yeah. Like, I just think it's so cool the way once you see the world through like a skateboarders, like, like view, you really can't get bored at all. Yeah, everything is interesting. Like, seeing stairs somewhere is, like, fun. Even if you don't <laughs> yeah. have your board with you, just seeing it and imagining, like, oh, that's a good set. Or, like, that's wanted, a nice leg. I've wanted to make an Instagram account of, in like, if I'm watching a movie, yeah. pausing it and being, like, <laughs> spots that I can't, I can't like, go to yeah. but would look really great. Um, my girlfriend was playing the new Metroid <clears throat> remake. Sick. And when you turn to the ball... There's a part where you literally have to, like, rock back and forth in a half pipe. Wow. And I'm like, that is, that's so sick. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't unsee. Dude, it. that would be a coffee table book. That would be so cool to have it as a real thing. Yeah. Like, just, like, 200 pages of, like, and it shows what it's from and stuff. There's, like, spots from, like. Do you follow Tony, Tony Hawk, Hawkitecture? on reddit no <laughs> it's basically that but buildings like awesome um you know that like famous spot with like um the quarter pipes that go up it's like a bank i think and they're like quarter pipes that go up like the wall um people find images like that like weird architecture in like sweden where like the rooftops are like all curved and they'll just post <laughs> it and like everyone will be like oh this would totally be in tony hawk like yeah oh that's awesome amazing yeah like we're all used to it, but the way that we see the world is so much different than, like, people who've never skateboarded before. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sure that you still do this now, like, driving the car, be like, oh, that's a great, that's a great spot. Yeah. And people are probably sick of hearing that. Like, <laughs> I say it without even wanting anything back in return. It's just for myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. What was your biggest mistake in life? Wow, that is, uh, that is a heavy question. <laughs> um... The biggest mistake in my life. I know there's like, this isn't like a singular thing, but like as a whole <laughs> throughout my life, um, I've been unnecessarily uh, shy, like to the point where I've robbed myself of a lot of life experience. Like a lot of people at my age, like have been like oh I did all that stuff when I was in my like 20s and all that stuff and I had such I, I didn't realize it but I had such like bad anxiety and like inner inner thoughts and like uh I just was like crippled to the point where I've really I didn't do a lot of socializing like that I could have I canceled a lot of plans for like I'd be like yeah I'll, like I'll like hang out and then I for some reason I'd be like I'm I'm not going to. And I've missed a lot of really great moments uh, in life that I really wish I could have done. I don't know if that's like, that's not a mistake. That's more of like a regret. No, that's, yeah, that's very powerful for sure. And it, like, where do you find yourself with it now? Like a little bit better now that you're like aware of it? Yeah, I mean, um, I feel like my girlfriend has really, it's been tough. Like, don't get me wrong. When someone like shows you how like, you haven't really like you haven't really been living to your full potential or something i'm still not but i feel like she kind of showed me like how 
I didn't, how like little I've done, you know, or could have been doing at this point. So at this point, I feel like what's changed is um, I've gone to therapy. I mean, that's something that everyone should honestly go to. I feel like if you say you don't need it, you could still go to it and you could still benefit from it. Um, I feel like that has helped me kind of like step back a little bit. It's an ongoing process. You're never cured. You're never better. Um, but to me, that's kind of like my biggest mistake is like not doing things that I look back and I'm like, why did I even like freeze? Why did I panic? Why did I talk myself out of it? Why did I not wear that article of clothing that I th thought was cool, but thought that it wasn't me? Like I, th I had this image of myself and I stuck really close to it and I kind of still do. I think we all kind of do, but like I regret not just being confident <laughs> and like being brave and just being like, if I wanted to wear the purple um, Andrew Reynolds America shoes, like I should, I should have gotten them and I didn't. And that's like a really trivial example, but um, now uh, therapy and also just like putting, putting yourself out there um, to a certain degree, to a certain degree. I feel like everyone should have like a little bit of privacy, but um, like a good example is like the rendezvous. I used to go to like walk around, talk to only people I knew and I would be at the table and like fingerboard and I wouldn't look up at like either sides and I would, I had the spotlight effect a lot. Not even just fingerboarding in public. I thought people were looking at me all the time. Yeah. I'm not that important. No one's looking at me. <laughs> Nobody is actually. Like a lot of, that's very common. Everybody feels like, oh, you know, if I go out, like people are going to be looking at me. And what if I do something weird or like, and the reality is like, nobody's looking at you more than the next person. And yeah. there's a hundred people around. And like, even if it's just you and one other person in the room, they're going to miss like 80% of what you do. Totally. So it's like, you know, if you're eating and it falls out of your mouth, chances are no one saw it. And if someone did saw it, they're like, oh, mine just fell out of my mouth, but he didn't see mine. Yeah. Like, it's, we're all really on the same level after all. And How you play it off, too. Yeah. A lot of people say, like, just laugh it off. And it's like, that I never really agreed with. I was like, no, it's like, it was really embarrassing or, like, I didn't look cool enough. No one's cool, to be honest. Like, everyone's got their weird things. Everyone makes things that are, like, awkward or whatever. So, like, the last rendezvous, I made it a... I just went and talked to people and it was, it was awesome. It was yeah. great. So I'm not like, I still have like a lot of like moments where I just like, I'm like, I can't do this. I don't want to do this or that's not me. That's the stupidest sentence anyone could say. <laughs> that's not me. It's like, uh, if you want it to be you, you can. I didn't think I could wear a hat for a long time. <laughs> well, because you hadn't been wearing a hat before. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, if I wear a hat, everyone's gonna be like, who's that guy wearing a hat? Like you didn't wear a hat before. Yeah. I hated that. Like when you first got glasses and you walk into school and everyone's like, you got glasses or you got a haircut? And then I hate those situations. <laughs> but now it's like, I don't care. I really yeah. don't care. Do you know why all of that started? Is there any like... Uh, I think honestly, I think being made fun of was the first moment that I saw that people looked at me. Mm. Was that for fingerboarding or in general? It was, it was for fingerboarding. Because I was like in eighth grade playing with a toy that everyone yeah. saw as just a toy. Mm -hmm. And it was, I bet you for a lot of those other people, they thought they might not have been doing much by making jokes or whatever. Yeah, totally. But it really, it impacted me a lot. 
I look back on it and it's like, I could not hold on to that. It doesn't matter to me. But I think that's where I was like, holy shit, like people look at me. And that means a lot of the things that I look at other people and think about, like, I'm no better, you know, like I became very judgmental because of the atten- the negative attention I got. Mm-hmm. I kind of was like, holy, what, wow, like this is something that's going on. I'll be more like keyed into it. And then I started to kind of like fall down that path. And so, yeah, that's kind of where it started. But... Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Like, hmm. yeah, I guess like how people treat you like when you're young, it really has a big impact on where you go. And like, it's partly how you respond or how the people around you respond to how you respond. Like, it's very complicated. It's not just like, you can't look at me like, oh, I should have handled it differently. Yeah. Cause it's like, no, you handled it exactly how you handled it. Like that's the journey you get to go through. And then like, you know, when you grow up and then later you realize like, oh cool. Like now I'm ready to move past it and learn from it. Like what positive things you can learn from it. And then like, you know, become more comfortable, like trying new things and doing, you know, things that you might've thought people are going to make fun of you. And it's like, no matter what you do, somebody is going to make fun of you, even if you do the cool thing in the moment or whatever. So it's just like, screw it all, you know, who cares anymore. But I want to get there. Right. Like, I think that's a, I agree with that. I think that's one of those things that's easier said than done. Totally. To be just walk out into the world and be like, take me for who I am and I'm going to do whatever I want and I, it doesn't matter. Like, to some degree, it's always something that's like, you have to be cognizant of. Um, I just wish I didn't think that the people who made fun of me were, were better than me and cool yeah. because they weren't. <laughs> and no, like, I'm not saying I'm cooler. Not. I just feel like everyone's got their own thing and it's like, it just kills me. Like now I see fingerboarding and I'm just like, shit, like it's so cool now. Or like no one even thinks about it. Yeah. I just, I really wish it was a little bit different back then, but that's how things were, honestly. Totally. I mean, anything you did that wasn't like super normal, you'd get made fun of back in the day. And I feel like maybe our culture at this point is more accepting. Like you mentioned earlier of things that are weird or different it's like oh that's cool that you do that thing that no one does and before it was like oh that's kind of strange that you do that like why do you do that so hopefully kids don't have to go through that now or not as much I know it happens sometimes kids ask me like hey you got advice for this or yeah but it's not super common anymore so I think it's changing there will always be that dickhead yeah who skateboards who views skateboarding (laughs) as this like militant thing where it's like this is skateboarding why would you ever go and i my least favorite example is like people who are like i only fingerboard when it when it's raining and i can't skate it's like why would you do that like that's there's no rule they're trying to act like it's cool like oh yeah i'm not actually a fingerboard it's just like i have no other choice right now and in reality they love it and they're afraid of somebody judging them i think yeah and it's probably the same thing you're describing just like you know in their own way expressing that yeah that's what i think (laughs) i i agree but if it makes you feel any better for like the self-conscious thing not like for example like when i see people i never know what clothes they're wearing like if i was like you know hanging out with you unless you mention it then it's different but if you didn't i'd probably like at the end of the day if someone was like what color shirt was he wearing was he wearing a hat Mm. was he wearing blah 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 shoes if we hadn't talked about those things i'd be like i have no idea (laughs) at all and like 
you know, two other people in the room with me, I don't know what they're wearing either. Mm. Like, if I close my eyes right now, I can't really tell you. Because it's just, some people notice that stuff for sure, and some yeah. people might even make fun of it or whatever, and then you get the other end of the spectrum where people like me have no clue. Yeah. So, it's like, not everybody cares about how you look or what you're doing or anything, you know? That must be, like, also just how you, what you care about, what you value. Like, <clears throat> I've actually... I've never cared so much about, like, I've always liked what I like, and then, like, that's how I, like, dress myself. Like, I know what I like. Yeah. I've always been, like, a beefy tee, like, Hanes, like, graphic t-shirt guy, and that always just felt right to me. I feel like I've never actually cared what other people wear, but as a defense mechanism, especially being made fun of, it's something that I can't unsee. Sometimes it's like you do assess other people just to see what your surroundings yeah, are. And it if does, they, you know. Yeah, it has an impact for sure. Like what somebody is wearing, it's like their outward presentation. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like there's so much more to it than that. Like you could have two people in the same exact uniform that are completely different people. Yeah. So it's like. It's, oh, I wouldn't ever want to go to uniforms. Well, not uniform, but outfit. <laughs> I meant to say outfit, to No, be but, honest. like, that's the complete yeah. opposite, where it's like, right. thank God we don't have to wear uniforms. Dude, We're yeah. all the same. Imagine fingerboarding teams had uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> I do love team shirts, I will say. I've been seeing a couple more at the at the VU, and I'm like, hell yeah. Should I make some flat-based ones? Yeah, I still have my yellow one. Sick. It doesn't fit me anymore. Oh. It's like, it was a medium, and it shrunk to a small. <laughs> um, but I that shirt is like... That's like a that's like an NFT at this point, you know. So, yeah, someone's gonna comment being like, "That's not an NFT." <laughs> you don't. I don't know what I'm talking about, to be honest. This episode is sponsored by Goo Limited. They've just sent me their brand new drop, which is actually happening today. So I'm going to open them in real time, get a real reaction. This is a special one they sent for me. If you spend over $100, you get this special coffin package. So, wow. Sick. Holy crap. They got really cool holographic stickers, too. Comes with tape. Wow, even more stickers. But anyways, the board. Whoa, yeah. The top ply, super sick. Bottom uh, looks like a real wear graphic. The unique thing about these is they have this old school shape, but it's like a super, uh, super unique, like, you know, like shaped shape. It's not just the old school shape, but it's got like the kind of grooves on the side, which is super sick. They've got tons of stickers in here, a bunch of holographic ones, which really stand out. Yeah, super cool. I'm very thankful for them, not only for the cool boards, but also for supporting the podcast in general, sponsoring the first episode. Super cool. So this is their standard packaging, and it says right here, push or pull, so you can go like that and get your board. And yeah, these are super nice. So these are the new pro models that dropped today for their team riders. Wow, dang. If you get clear ducky tape, you can show off your top ply too. These are absolutely epic. Um, yeah, the shape is really nice. I would say like medium kicks and, well, here, let me... Yeah, concave also kind of kind of deep concave, medium to deep. Uh, feels good, for sure. Let's see what else we got. Oh yeah, 
They got all kinds of shapes. Insane. Look at that. Rounded tail, square, nose, and these little cool groove things. I don't know what those are even called, but when he showed me those, I was like super hyped. Yeah, and they feel good. They're like almost sharp, but not sharp. Like super, yeah, super even craftsmanship. Super nice. And then the third one. Oh, yeah. There, you can really see what I'm talking about with those grooves on the side. So sick. And the top flies are crazy. And the graphics are gnarly. Like, if you're into haunted Halloween and stuff, this is epic. They all, yeah, let me show you all of them. So there's these three. You got this guy. You got that guy. You got that guy. And then you got eyeballs too. So you can see what's going on using your eyes. And yeah, these are super sick. So check out gooltd.com today. Uh, the day that this podcast is being dropped is when their boards are being dropped. So check them out. And you can check them out on Instagram, goo.ltd. One more amazing thing that I forgot or didn't even notice actually because I was so excited about these boards. They're all awesome and I'm like, top ply is so cool, shape so cool. And I didn't even realize this graphic, this special board is a recycled skateboard bottom ply. So if you look closely underneath the real wear graphic and in between the eyes, you can already see it. There's skateboard bottom ply, like all the plies going this way and so it's like vertical stripes so i'm so stoked to use this thing set it up and shred it and then you know as the graphic comes off it's going to be more apparent that it's a recycled skateboard bottom ply so yeah super sick i think we can learn a lot from our own like understanding ourselves in both our like biggest strengths and biggest biggest weaknesses so kind of like you know either what are your biggest strengths or what are your biggest weaknesses and what have you learned from either one of them really I think my uh, I think my biggest weakness is self-consciousness. I mean, I hate to like use the same answer, but that's honestly stunted a lot of my experience, my life experience. Um, I present a lot at my job, and like a while ago, I would have I used to like shake, and I would be so afraid of what I said. I'd be afraid of what other people like. I I would always think like. You know, if like I'm in a conference call and like I'm presenting, everyone on my team was like, shut up, like why are you saying this? You're saying it all wrong. And that just applies to many other things. I constantly feel like my weakness is just like caring about what other people think. Um, like even now, if I like label a trick wrong on like Instagram, <laughs> I'm like instantly like, oh my God, yeah. oh my God, I have to go edit it. Um, so stuff like that, I feel like, is um, something that I'm always working on. Like, I'm currently, right now, working on just, like, believing in myself and, like, trying to, like, like myself. Because it's like, I don't care if other people... If everyone loved me, that's awesome. But, like, if you don't like yourself, that's half the battle. That's a huge weakness of mine. Um, a strength is creativity, I think. I think I, I've, I've always, I'm like the, 
I'm like a sandbox person. Like, and I think that's why I like skateboarding in general. I'm not like analytical. I'm not like someone who like, like a good example is, I was just telling someone this. Um, I love Legos. Like I still do, especially Lego video games. Those are so much fun. Uh, you're never too old to play those games. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, I feel like when I get a Lego set, I first do it by the book. I build it and then I crush it up and then add it. I used to, I don't have them anymore, but I used to add it to every, all of my other Legos. And then I would dump out all my Legos on the floor and then sit and build whatever I wanted to. I never was interested in just building it and putting it on the shelf and being like, I did it. Yeah. So if you apply that to the rest of the stuff, like I think that's where I have gotten a lot of like creativity, like design, um, art, uh, music, um, skateboarding, fingerboarding. Like I like fingerboarding because it's like there's always a trick you've never done, which is crazy. It's <laughs> unbelievable. 20 years later yeah. and there's still tricks we haven't done. Yeah. On a certain obstacle or whatever. So I think like that to me is like, that's what helped me in so many different ways. In my career, it's helped me. I, it's like my whole, like my whole job is like problem solving for like advertising. So it's like, for me, it's like I, I'm given a brief, right? I'm given a problem where they're like, we need to do X, Y, Z. And then I have to take that and be like, well, we could do it this way. We could do it this way. And then it's like, we could design it this way or this way or this way. And that's the same thing. If you're filming a mini, right? It's the same exact thing. It's like, I could just do kickflip back crook or I could do kickflip back crook, like, you know, nolly flip out. And it's like, I just love the idea of like getting the blank canvas and using what you have and doing that. And that's helped me tenfold. Yeah, that's amazing. You're definitely a super creative person. And I feel like, there's so much that can come out of being creative. Like you basically just said it, but like if you take fingerboarding, you have it and it's like, if you're not creative, you're just going to do what you do and you might not even think about it. But if you're creative, it's like you think like, all right, where am I going next? What can I make better about this? How can I make it weird or different or like new? And that's how you, I think, stay interested in it in the long run and get other people interested in it because they see your content and it stands out because it's like, wow, how did he even think about that? Not only did he think about that, but then he figured out how to do it and he did it. I'm so glad you said that, (laughs) honestly, because like that's what separates who I watch and who I don't watch because I think one of the things I didn't like for a long period of time was when parking blocks were really popular. And it's like, you can't sash a parking block and do tech tricks on it and make me care. I also (laughs) don't want to see one obstacle Every single time, a rail edit where you do kickflip back crook, kickflip 5-0. I, I just like, I want to see like, do that on a different way. Do that in a different obstacle. And I feel like fingerboarding, it's like you have the desk people who just fingerboard at their desk. And you've got people who like really do it like the way you're saying it, where it's like, how do I take this and make it different? How do I, I think that's honestly like, you know, like you're saying, that's how you get people to keep watching. Yeah. Um, I'm, I think actually this is a weird, this is a weird translation, but, um, I love Nigel Houston. I think he's like a, a, one of the best skaters of all time, but I would love to see less handrail footage because he's done it. And it's like, I know what you can do on a handrail. 
I want, I want to see you skate ledges or something. Like, I feel like that's, he just constantly doing the same thing. And like, I get kind of, it gets stale. Yeah, definitely. It's also... I really hope he doesn't watch this. <laughs> Dude, I hope he does watch this because <laughs> that would be crazy. epic. <laughs> That'd be crazy. And then he'll come out with the ledge part and he'll be like, see, Tim, I can skate ledges. That would be awesome. You doubted me, but yeah. I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> no. That'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's cool also that you mentioned like creativity in terms of your job because I feel like so many jobs have little to no room for creativity mm. at all. And which is totally fine because most people are actually not creative. I know that sounds kind of, you know, but according to what I've heard, it's like, you know, a majority of people are not creative. Yeah. They're more like, you know, standard, whatever. And then, you know, creativity wouldn't be a thing if everyone had it. Yes. It only exists because I think in the fingerboarding community, probably 95% of people are creative. But yeah. if you take like a general population survey, like who's creative and not, it's going to be a small, you know, 10, 20%, whatever they say. We is. need the analytical people. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. You don't want me as a finance person <laughs> or anything like that. Like, I'll... <laughs> bring your company down. <laughs> I, I've always just, I think, well, I have art in like my family as well. So I mm. think that I, well, actually I knew I was creative because I hated other things. I was like, I can't do this. Every, I did not, I like struggled through school. I didn't like fail or anything, but like everything except for English art that was it. Like, I was, like, not that great at bio, history. I honestly couldn't do it. So, like, to me, that, that was always, like, the outlet and being in charge. I think I also like being the person that makes the decisions on what things should look like. Or it's, like, I liked making, I liked making a fingerboard company. Like, I'm just playing make-believe, honestly. <laughs> I'm making decks only to make a brand, and I have, I'm having a blast. I'm... I'm finding myself designing more than I do in my in my actual job and it's more for fun and I'm like I'm making so many graphics where I'm like I don't even have like an idea of like a, a, a set of graphics like you're supposed to do I'm just making one-offs and I'm like this would be you know this would be really cool and that's super fun to me so. yeah it's amazing yeah, you, you want to talk a little bit about your brand? Like, it's really cool. We got yeah. a couple of them here. This is the one you made me and then yeah. yours that you brought. And, I mean, I don't think there's anything like this happening <laughs> right now, which is a, a cool thing to be able to say about a fingerboard because there's hundreds of brands now doing yeah. everything you can think of. Yeah, I think what I would want to say is, I think I really appreciate that. I think that's really cool that, like, you noticed that. Partly, uh, there's a couple reasons why I'm making them this way. So just to take the, there's no like veil or anything, but like just to like <laughs> unravel this, these are made between two tech decks. And partly, I like that because back in the day, that's how you made decks. There was no mold. You could do epoxy molds. I didn't know how to do that. I had no idea. I didn't even know how to use like a hammer back in the day. So like, um, I'm pressing them between two tech decks and what they're, it's cool because it's not actually like a tech deck in the end. It gets a more organic shape. And one of my biggest complaints with modern decks is that one, all the molds, you can buy a mold on Etsy. I did it. I bought a mold on Etsy. I actually stopped making them with that after making two decks because it felt generic to me. It was like, 
the next person could make and sell decks using this template. And why would anyone yeah. want to use mine aside from the graphic? The other thing is that uh, lim I have limited tools. I got the sanding belt thing, but I don't have a router. So uh, shapers are not for me yet. Um, I have a router, but it's not in the table. Like, I don't know how to do that. So this is fun because I press the deck and it's like, it's like a gumball machine. Like every time you're like, this is so cool. And then I outline it and then I hand shape it like by eye. Yeah. And then I'm like in my office with like wood shavings with like a sanding block. And I'm like, okay, it's like round, it's roundish. And then uh, I called it everyday fingerboards because for a couple of reasons. Uh, and actually if, for anyone who has one, if they got it with like a, in a baggie, um, I gave a lot away at Rendezvous, sold a couple, which is really cool. Uh, there's a little spiel in it that says, like, this deck is not special. What you bring to it is what makes it special. Because I've always thought, no deck can make you good. I've seen a couple of people talk about this, like, whoops. Like, people think that by tracking down a whoop, getting a whoop, they're going to be instantly good. And it's, not, it's like, it's who you are, what you bring, your skill, your ability. So it's like, in the end of the day, all decks are the same. This is nothing special. Um, it's what you bring to it. And then I thought, in that case, this should not be sacred. Like, I, I would love for someone to use this and beat it up, sit on it. I don't care. I just want these to be used. And I actually really like them. Like, I like the long nose and tail. Um, a lot of my other issues with modern decks is because of shapers you have without a doubt the same shape every single time so if your shaper has a small nose so, sorry a small tail it's it's going to have a small tail no matter what and i can't perform with that so this to me is like ideal for me um and then in the end i also say on the little spiel that says like if this isn't for you give it to someone else to cool. pass it on because there's I really believe in like the joy of fingerboarding. It's like if someone was struggling and this would be something that they might be interested in, I would, I would want to give one to them. Um, and I actually stole that from Kendama. Kendama people, it's always about spreading the Kendama like love and all that shit. Uh, and so that to me is like something I never thought about. I was always like, this is my collection. Like I, but now that I can make these and they're kind of like worthless to me, uh, <laughs> I, I would love people to try them out and I like actually admitting that they're just made from tech decks because it kind of like oh god that feels so good like just to say because it's like who cares it's yeah. actually kind of cool the way that because this is how like I remember Brandon Jones I feel like primos were made between two tech decks I've made one between two old old tech decks and it's a with the um 26 it's a 26 oh, millimeter dude this is sick those are flat face g6s um <laughs> so i've been having like i said i'm playing make-believe <clears throat> it's really fun and oh i'm doing paper graphics and i'm using mod podge for the clear coat and it's awesome <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it so looks sick. it's it's durable yeah. like i have yeah, the deck i'm awesome. using right now has just a I hand cut out the star and I mod podged it on and I was like, I really hope this stays. It's on there forever. Yeah. So, and I'm doing like split plies and shit. So, so cool. It's fun. 
yeah dude that's awesome i like everything about it like i said before it's just totally unique and makes it really special and i love what you said about like you know if you don't like this board give it to the next person yeah. rather than just like you know just holding on to it putting it in a drawer and never see it again or something like because every board that you don't like is like somebody the next person's favorite board totally gonna be totally especially in the beginning of someone's fingerboarding i've seen a lot of people who collect them and there's like nothing wrong with that which one do i want <laughs> i've seen a lot of people who collect them and don't get me wrong i like i love my collection there are some decks i will never pass on a lot of those are relics though so like it's not like modern day decks but there's a lot of things that like people get and i'm not saying that you have to sesh every single deck super hard but like i am someone who sets up decks very slowly because I use things, like, to really get to, like, know them. And then I'm like, I have decks from people, like, I feel like if Zach Holden's watching this, like, I have cryptic decks that I will set up. I will. It might be next year. But, like, I'm just coming around to certain decks. Duck decks, I, I like, there's certain de there's some decks where I'm like, I really want to set that up. I just don't think I'm going to put enough attention to it. Um, and I just love, like, that gives me something to look forward to, honestly. And it's always fun. It's like, a, it's like the gumball machine. You don't know what's going to be your favorite deck. Flat-faced decks for a long time were my favorite. That's just, that's just how it was. G12s were like <laughs> peak for me. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. I mean, you also use the same deck for a while, I've noticed. Yeah, I do. When I find one that I like, because I don't like most fingerboards. I mean, like, I'm super picky with them. Yeah. And I would say... I don't know, nine out of 10 boards that I set up get taken apart in like a few days because I can tell right away if, if I like it a lot or not. Yeah. And then when I find one that I really like, I'm going to use it for like six months to 10 years. Like I have some setups <laughs> yeah. literally from 10 years ago that are still the same and I still use like, that sounds like and I'll use it for a month or two and then. <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked when you showed up to the rendezvous and I was like, what? You're not, you're not using but you're using the same wheels, the pink wheels from the MakerBot commercial. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were just talking about the MakerBot experience. That was, that was cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel, like the, I feel like also wheels, too. I have a couple of reasons why I use the same set of wheels forever. If I take them off, I'm not going to know what they are. Like, <laughs> the minute I got the wheels that you sent me, like the Black River Edition wheels and like the G4s, I was like, this is going on these trucks, and I'm never taking them off because now I know those are those wheels. Yeah. Unless they're, like, different colors. I, I, I have those little pill containers, like the FBS store containers, and it's filled with wheels, and I only know what the colored ones are. All the white ones, I'm guessing, are G6. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the MakerBot thing was cool. I still have a couple of those ramps. I, Sick. I don't know what happened some of them were not functional yeah but some of them like were really good <laughs> yeah definitely like they made the quarter pipe with like the the railing on the back where you like people would stand yeah. like i like that yeah that was cool yeah that was really cool i still have MakerBot stickers from <laughs> that i hoard a lot like like i was talking to doug like we collect things and like i really don't get rid of stuff i don't trade a lot um yeah one of, like, I love looking at your collection because it's, like, you also have, like, things where it's, like, 
God forbid you got rid of that, like you wouldn't have that. And like for someone to keep all of that, like you're a pretty good person to keep all of those decks. Wait till you see the rest of them. I have way have more. more. Dude. Holy shit. That's nothing. That's like a tenth of it. Was that what was in your room? Or some of it. Okay. I didn't finish putting them up. Okay. Yeah, it's probably a very arduous task. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, I'm trying to take a photo of each one and then write about it, which is oh, a lot I, of work. I've read and that it's page. it's slowing me down from putting all the boards up. I'm like, should I just put them all up and not do that? No, no. But You've got to like, finish it. Yeah, exactly. That's I've why visited I that page it. and read the same paragraphs multiple times because awesome. that's the only place, honestly, that's doing, like, an archive like that. Um, I think it's really cool. I love the story behind each thing, too. My favorite deck that I own is the Gary Chin flat face pro model with the guitar. Sick. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, it was sick. Well, that's an old one. Yeah. Is it a woodprint or a paper? The woodprint. Sick. Yeah. That's a really old one. I got it at Rendezvous, too. Nice. <laughs> so. Dang, I should get, like, a spare printer and just make some woodprints. Like, it always breaks it. Yeah. But it's, like, could be worth it. I'm too afraid to do that. Um, one thing I like about the the paper graphics is like um my girlfriend's hairdresser shout out gave us his printer nice and that was the only print that's the first printer i've i've i've, I've ever owned wow i got ink for it used a ream of paper that he gave me i have no idea what um weight what what type of paper it is it's really dull but when you use the mod podge it <laughs> brings it to life nice. and it's like so nice so I just really like paper graphics. I think it's cool. Yeah, me too. I prefer paper graphics, actually. Like, I really don't ride graphic decks that often either. Like, yeah. People probably notice that. I, I don't know why, but I just like wood even more. But yeah, when it's graphic, it's like, I prefer paper over, like, real wear and stuff. Yeah, I see people selling all these decks on, like, Instagram, and it's like, why would I buy that? The graphic's gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's the That's problem. That's a good with, like, point. I never wear. thought of it that way either. At least it would look a little less thrashed, even if it was. Yeah, no, I mean, paper graphics, you can't tell how much I use this. If I used it a ton or a tiny bit, and it's like, in a few years, it's going to look like that with a few little scratches, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Like, yeah, th this has just, um, honestly, it, the Mod Podge is pretty good. It's just got the, the stuff from, like, the obstacles. Um. I was thinking how you mentioned a little bit of your job, how you get to be creative at your job. Yeah. Um, how does your job kind of like fit into your life in terms of like, you know, what what does it bring you personally, not just money, but like, you know, what is what does it mean to you and why? Well, I kind of mentioned it earlier. I couldn't be doing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you don't want me as a brain surgeon, like doing brain surgery on you. Like... I know what I'm not, um, so I'm I'm found the right field. I always <coughs> wanted to be in design. Um, one of the first reasons, one of the one of the ways I knew I knew I was in the right spot was because when I was young, I would take like Transworld skateboard magazines and draw the logos like on a piece of paper and like color them in, and it was just like I'd have sheets of just like logo, 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 like termite, um, seek like Volcom, and I can draw wow. them all still like by memory. That's sick. Toy machine, all that stuff. So I knew that I was going to somehow end up in some sort of like design. Like I liked stuff like that, like skate graphics and stuff. Like a lot of the early tech tech graphics 
all the birdhouse graphics were like very burned into my memory. So I think that I'm in the right field. I know that. I think what it's provided me is actually like, it's a weird answer because this is something I don't know if people talk about often, but like now it's very common. But a while ago, no one, like we didn't give ourselves enough credit. We learned to video edit just to share clips and to make videos is a skill that I brought into my job. My pre, like my early jobs out of like college, I was like, I can do a video. I'll make it. I know Premiere. And it helped me like progress. And those skills from fingerboarding, it's not just a hobby where I like, it's just separate. It's like, I brought all of that stuff in. Um, so video editing, all that stuff, it's helped me. And I think now what's helped me is people skills for sure. I, I mentioned presenting, like I, like, it's funny, like I'm in a creative field, but now I'm, I've worked in it for like 10 plus years. So now I'm like actually like at the point where I'm like doing some management, also designing. Like I always thought like as you progress in your career, you're supposed to like, you start by working like wrists down, which means like it's all like manual, like you're on the computer, you're designing all this stuff. And then as you progress, you, you work wrists up. So you're using your brain and you're like telling other people like, all right, this is what you should do. And I feel like I'm thankful that I still get to design stuff because it's keeping me like, I'm never done. Like I'm not like a master designer, you know, like I'm not a master problem solver. It's always something new. Um, but what it's really brought me to answer your question is the ability to kind of work with other people a lot more. Um, when I was younger and even like college and stuff like that, group projects were always like a point of, of like conflict for me. I always clashed heads. I'd be the person to be like, don't worry about it. I'll take it. And then I'd stay up late doing it, you know? And now I've been, I am able to work with other people and delegate things and be like, I, I love teaching and giving feedback. To me, that's a valuable skill presenting. Anyone, I'm going to give a, a, a tip. Anyone who's afraid of presenting, if you did the work, you can present it, no problem. You know, what you're ta you're, you know what you're talking about. There is no reason to be afraid. If you're presenting someone that's, you know, something that someone hands to you five seconds before the call, you should be scared. But if you did the work and you're presenting it, or you wrote a script and you have to write a, you know, say a speech, you wrote it. You know exactly what to do. You should not be scared. Um... I feel like that's helped me a lot. I think it's given me a lot of, it's given me a voice. It's given me ways to kind of work with other people without clashing so much. I still like working alone though, a lot. You know, who doesn't though? Cause you're, you're, you're the, your own person. Like, but I think that's kind of what's brought me. Yeah, that's really awesome. And that's a good point. Like if you're presenting something that you made, like there's no one more qualified to do it than you actually. If totally. you think about it, it's like, you know, like you said, you can't give it to the next person and they know about it. Like, you're the one who knows about it, so just talk about it. Yeah. Would you yeah. want to sell your deck or would you want someone else to sell your deck? You, they might not say it the way... Yeah, they're They're, they're going to be no concerned idea. about what they're saying to make sure it lines up with what you think. And I feel like a lot of people are so... I, I was so afraid. Like I said earlier, I always thought that people on the call were like, what, what are you doing? Like, stop talking. And I realized, like, after every call someone's always like, great job. And if someone gives you a compliment, you, you might as well take it. 
Yeah, I think you have to. I think people should be more open to giving and receiving compliments. I think it's very common to be like, you know, oh, you could have done this better. But it's very rare to be like, you just did great. Yeah. You know, there was that was nice. <laughs> yeah. Like this podcast, you're doing a great job. <laughs> thank, thank For you. For real. You really are. And it's like, you know, I know it's not easy uh, to like talk about all these different things and keep going for a long time and stuff. So it's like people need to really focus on like whatever's going well, whether it's in the moment or it's a project or anything, just like tell people around you yeah. when you notice that they're doing something good. That's, Cause that's so true. Like, the exact opposite of like, you know, if you get bullied for something and then you're a little self-conscious going forward, it's like these types of moments almost cure that when somebody's like, Hey, you're doing so well. And it's like, Oh really? I thought I was not doing that well. I wasn't really sure. But yeah. because somebody told me that I'm doing well, I realized, Oh, maybe I am. And now I can go forward with more confidence, keep doing it and not feel afraid to do it. 100% positive affirmations. I'm a big fan of, um, I, need to do them more too i think all all of us might forget sometimes yeah um but yeah that's super important definitely um i did want to talk about kendama so the other fingerboarding for me and it's only <laughs> been something that i discovered in a little bit during like the pandemic which i think a lot of people did too is kendama and i have to shout out a couple of people um two people that i saw kendama for the first time was Mallory Curtis and Alex Spioto. Both of those fingerboarders would post these crazy kendama clips on their story. And I saw it for the first time and I was like, what is that stupid toy? And then I saw it a bunch of times and I was like, that's so, I, what is it? What is it? Like, I just didn't know what it was. It looks weird. It doesn't look, it looked, it didn't look fun to me. Um, Somewhere along the line, I looked it up on YouTube. I was like, what the hell is a kendama? And why are all these people doing it, you know? And of course, when you look up any hobby or skill or anything like that on YouTube, you get the most viewed, best video prop. You know, if you look up like BMX right now, you'll get the sickest video because it's the most viewed. Yeah. So I was set up for success. I, watched, I looked it up <coughs> and I found like, the most mind perplexing kendama video. I was like, I gotta get one. So I went to Kendama USA because I just thought that sounded reputable. <laughs> and I bought a, one for like 25 bucks. So I then hit up Alex Spioto and I forget his Instagram because he, he's changed it a couple times, but um, I think it's Soul Device right now. Um, he, in, I asked him a bunch of questions. I'm like, what, what? you know, is my string length the right size? Is it like, did I get a good one? You know, all the simple questions that most people have, you can translate that to fingerboarding. Someone's yeah. probably like, I got it, I got this deck on Amazon. Like, is it, is it a good one? And I think a lot of people jump very far into like getting the best of the best right away. And you don't have to. I, I, that's just my view. I know a lot of people might be like, well, if I'm going to get into this, I should get the best of the best. I got a very basic starter one. This is a starter. This is a cheap one. It's from this company called Sweets. Um, and this is from Kendama USA. Um, and I started out and I sucked. And I was like, I, I have no idea how I can do this. It was no different than looking at, on a tech deck, how to do Nolly heels. And I was like, this is impossible. My fingers don't even move like that, you know? Yeah. And so... I would mess around with it. I'd put it down. 
and I'd come back to it because it's just like fingerboarding where I was like, I know I can do this. If that person can do it, I can do it too. Eventually, I started watching tutorials. I was starting to do stuff. And the minute you get your first trick, you're like, what else can I do? And again, it's no different than fingerboarding where it's like you do your first kickflip and you're like, can I do heel flip? And then you're like, what about kickflip 180? And your mind starts to race. And so this to me is turned into like the next, the other fingerboarding. It's not the next fingerboarding. This has been around for a while and it's had booms in different parts of the world at different times. Um, of course, it's, this is a Japanese toy and it's actually taught in like um, grade school. And it's actually wow. a, the only thing that they teach you is it's called Moshe Kame. And it's like literally just this back and forth. And it's to keep you kind of like focused and, and stay busy. And then it's also, obviously it builds your hand-eye coordination. But what I've noticed, which is why fingerboarders enjoy it, and skateboarders too, is that this is no different than skateboarding. You can do all sorts of things. You can just try to do it like that, but then you can hold it upside down and you have all different trick sets. You can do stalls. You can do tricks like this. And to me, it's literally kept my... I've been obsessed with it. Like, I've literally, like, I can't stop thinking about it. Kendama and skate and, like, fingerboarding are... I never thought I'd find another fingerboarding. Yeah. And this is, this is it. And it's no different than fingerboarding, too, where it's, like, there's setups, you know? Like, it's not just, like, a tech deck where you buy it, you rip it out of the package, and that's what you have. It's, like, you can get something, and just like a tech deck, you can get it, and you can start changing the wheels. You can rip the grip tape off. You can put... Rip, you know, you can put like foam tape on it. This is a, I paid like 70 bucks for this, for this uh, specific Tama. And it's got a special coat of paint on it. It's a certain weight. Um, and this is a different brand than this. And then you have different strings for different preferences. You have different lengths, whatever you're, so like I ride tight trucks <laughs> and you can also like, you know, do them loose or you can have like a very long string or you can have a string that's like, you know, closer with like, you know, different finger lengths. So to me, this is something that I feel like if you haven't messed around with it and you like fingerboarding, there's a really good chance that you might also really like this. And I, I just need to like spread the word because I, I feel like I want to scream at like the rooftops. Like <laughs> you have to try this. Like it's, it's, I feel like it's a little bit of like a culty thing, but like, it's it is all that people say it is i think yeah i've seen some of the crazy stuff you do with it and i'm just like that's insane i can't even imagine doing it i'm sure i could if i tried for a long time but it's like it's impressive there's definitely more than just like flipping it and catching it you know like that's what yeah. everything looks like from a distance yes i'm sure people who don't know fingerboarding just see us and they just see it as like <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you yeah. know but we're trying something serious and it's it's got to be the same where it's just like holy crap how is he doing that like once you get a little bit of an eye for it you're like wait i want to try that that's not yes. just yes just throwing it you know it's like there's so many different things you can do with it there's intention in all yeah. this stuff there's also the same level of discipline that i've learned from fingerboarding i don't experience that now if i set my mind to a trick there's a good chance I'm going to get it within an hour, right? Kendama has taught me, like, it almost seemed impossible at first. Yeah. It's like, you're telling me that I have to thread this spike into this hole 
at the end of a really complex trick where I'm balancing it here or here and flipping it and catching it or like, you know, doing a flip or something and to land something like landing like a, like a banger of like a fingerboard trick. It's that same rush of like dopamine where you're like, I can't believe I just did that. Yeah. And the last thing I'd like to say about Kendama is that, and I really have been wanting to say this somewhere and maybe this is a good platform to say it. There's a lot of crossover in terms of community and I'm not seeing, there's so many things happening in Kendama that I'm just not seeing in fingerboarding that could be there. Like what? This is cool. So these are actually highly competitive. Fingerboarding can be competitive. We've seen it, right? Pissing fingers. Uh, that was the first place I saw it. Like fast fingers. That's what I really meant to say. Yeah. Uh, even like the U.S. fingerboard league, like that's starting to get like competitive fingerboarding. But the way this is competitive I'm going to tell, this is what I want to see in fingerboarding. And maybe, maybe this can actually happen, maybe next rendezvous or whatever. The way that you compete is like a game of skate. But instead of it being like freestyle, where if we played skate, you choose, I'll do a kickflip. And then I'll have to match that. In this, what they do is they have events. So a good example is like NACO, which is North American Kendama Open. That's hosted by Sweets. And what they do is... There's 10 tricks predetermined in different brackets of, um, of complexity. So, you're like, so it's like beginner, intermediate, advanced, open, and then there's freestyle, which I'll talk about in a little bit, which is like really cool. So obviously beginner is like, if we, I'm going to do it in like uh, fingerboarding terms, right? Beginner would be like ollie, kickflip, heel flip, um, tray flip, stuff like that. So that would be pretty close to a normal game of skate, but the tricks are predetermined and they're fanned, there's a judge and they're fanned out and you pick them from the judge. That's cool. So instead of it being free, like free form, what it does is it challenges your, it, it also works differently. It challenges your consistency. Yeah, totally. So instead of doing like kickflip, kickflip, we're done. You do it until you, you miss it. Oh, you go back and forth. Each person, like, it could be 50 kickflips, and then whoever misses it gets There's the a letter. There's a time where it uh, zeroes out. Okay. So I think it's, like, after, like, five or six times. Like, if you keep going back yeah. to back doing kickflips, that card is actually off the table. And now that you'll never get kickflip again. What's left yeah. is the stuff that's in the hand. So wow. if I did cool. kickflip and you didn't get it, I'd get the card, and that's a point. So it's like horse evolved, right? Like, yeah, dude, we actually do need this. Yes. Like, it sounds really fun. I played Last Rendezvous with Ali um, and Stali. I played Line, which I've never played before. Have you ever played that? Like a game of skate, but with lines? Yeah, where yeah, every trick you do, it adds on. And you have oh, to yeah, memorize. Yeah. yeah, I've done that one. That was really hard. And it gets really crazy once you're like 10 tricks in. Yeah. So this is skate, but with consistency. So what if we were doing advanced or open... In Kendama, the advanced and open tricks are like some of the most hardest tricks to do. And it, what it does is it separates like the beginners from obviously the advanced people. And I've seen on YouTube some of the most competitive, like it's like literally like a, like a street fight that you're watching. Like it's like a UFC match where it's like <laughs> cutthroat, like the most raw talent is like going back to back and so, for example, like if we did it in fingerboarding, which I really feel like we should, it would be like probably if we did advanced or open, 
it would be lines. So it would be like kick flip to tray flip to kick flip. And that would be one of the tricks where if you were to compete, you'd practice that so you have it in the bag. Yeah. And you'd go back and forth. So I would love to see that because it's, and also it's just on a huge level. Um, people travel, there's multiple events. And I know a lot of people do right now, like best trick contests and like rail jams and stuff like that. Best line, it's a great start, but I do feel like there's even past skate. I think this would take it to a little bit more higher stakes. Um, I also would like to shout out someone I've never met, but um, there's a guy named Jake Weens who owns Grain Theory. And I actually saw that he fingerboards. So if you're watching this, Sick. I really love the fact that fingerboarding is crossing over. Like I see his videos and he's got arc ramps and he's, nice. he's riding a dynamic deck. And I'm like, what? This is so crazy. Like, um, and there's a lot of people that actually fingerboard in the Kendama world who aren't aware of like, or maybe they are, I might be um, getting ahead of myself, but it's still very separate. It's like, I'd love to see them combine. I actually know that Jake Weens went to one of the US FBL um, events. Cool. So I just think that this is something that can bring fingerboarding to a bit more of a more competitive area. And also, I think that edits and product drops and pro models and all this shit is handled, I guess because this is made on a grander scale, they can do bigger runs of pro models because it's not just like one person make, like there are companies like that, but like, for example, this is like a Haley Bischoff pro model. And so it's got like pro, you know, it's got her graphics on it. It's got like special graphics and they made like a bunch of these and you can buy this. And that's the, it's like when you buy like a Tony Hawk deck. Yeah. And I just feel like we do see pro models and stuff, but I think that we could see more of that because it builds hype. You start to follow individual people. Right. And there's a reason to buy their product and follow them as like an entity. Yeah. Totally. Who doesn't want a good entity to follow? <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, that's my spiel on yeah. Kendama. I really highly suggest. Um, I would love to... I actually reached out to Sweets one time to see if they could give me some Kendamas to give out at the rendezvous. But I think I reached out too too close between like shipping dates, mm. so I might try it again. And I'd love to see like we should give some away in like the raffle or something. Yeah, we could do a contest for it or something. Dude, you know what'd be cool is that that game of skate with the cards where you pick the tricks and then you win a kandama. Because awesome. then there's more of the crossover, the inspiration oh, for it. I love that. I yeah. love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna try. To I'm down to them. if you can get them. Yeah. you should do it. Yeah, that's a really cool thing. Like I just learned a lot for sure. Oh, and freestyle. That's the last thing. Freestyle is basically best run. You get 45 seconds. Just do whatever you can. To do whatever you can. And spiking it is what kind of counts. But So is that like the end? That's like landing and riding away, basically? Yeah. So you can throw it in the air, do all kinds of crazy stuff. And then it's like if you miss it at the end, it's like, oh, you bailed at the end of the handrail. Yes. No one cares if you locked into the grind. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like, did you ride away from it? So it's called lacing in kendama but okay. i call it landing because i'm yeah. i'm not going to learn another term um, <laughs> even though you know it, you just said yeah. it. but yeah no that's so good oh and shout out to phil zaluski remember phil z yeah he is big into kendama and really? he also helped me wow. get set up and he taught me he gave me like a tutorial on like certain tricks and stuff so um cool it's a great it's a great community yeah dude that's amazing let me see this thing oh yeah
There are people that make them hand by hand on a lathe, nice. but these mass-produced ones are made on a CNC lathe. Cool. Yeah, it's really nice quality for sure. I have one somewhere, but I don't know where it is. It might actually be at my old house or something. <laughs> I gotta look for it. Yeah, I remember I brought it here actually one rendezvous and I showed it to Scott B. And he's like, oh yeah, I like mess around with this. And he like was doing tricks. And I was like, what? Like, I think, I think Sick. like, uh, you can get a crom, a chrome, crom, whatever. That sounds familiar. K-R-O-M. Black River does something with them? Yeah, they yeah. did um, the funeral French collab with like the design it was like like neon colors yep. and then the video of the guy he was like rolling the kendama on the on the like the playground yeah and like catching it and shit it was awesome yeah yeah super cool so there's a little bit of crossover a little bit yeah oh yeah it's only a matter of time yeah hopefully this ignites something i've been too shy i've brought a kendama every rendezvous right <laughs> i'm too shy because i feel like people are still going to the rendezvous to just fingerboard right i've gone to a kendama event and halfway through the event everyone started busting out fingerboard <laughs> everyone started busting out those the string the strings with the weights where they like whip it back and forth on their fingers it was like the skill toy convention someone yeah. had a rubik's cube and they were just sitting there so i cool. do i would love to see um a little bit more of like shared interest at the rendezvous it's an yeah. amazing gathering of people like, we can't all be the same, right? We can't just like fingerboarding. <laughs> right, there's probably, let's say if there's 400 people, there could be like 10 or 50 that are into Kandama. You never know until you take it out, I guess. I've tried, I've tried, <laughs> but I'm too shy. I'll, maybe next time I'll... Well, now that you've already talked about it, I think it's like, it's, now's the perfect time to do it. Bring it next time. Yeah. I'm not going to be the one in June, so, uh, but bring it to the one in November. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Cool. Dude, that's awesome. It's like... It's super exciting to just have like a new thing that goes that much in depth, totally. has its own community, has its own like progression and challenges and all that. Like I see what you mean by like it's your like second fingerboarding almost. Yeah. I assume this is what people feel like when they're interested in like esports or sports. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what I don't know like. what sports are either. <laughs> like like how Why did I go to esports? You like first? it, you like it. Yeah, I mean like honestly, with sports, you watch the game, you know the stats, you know the players. Um, it's no different. Fingerboarding yeah. the same thing. Yeah, Once you point. get into it, you know the players. You know who's posting clips. You know their style. You know what you like, what you don't like. There's products. There's there's swag. Like I love what Slush Colt is doing. They're it's like a legitimized like brand where it's like I know what I know what Slush Colt when I see it. You know. Yeah, like, they have their own style. Same thing with Flatface too. Like there is a style, and I feel like if I see it out of the corner of my eye, I know that what that is. Like, I think brand is so important. Cool. That's awesome. Cause I don't even know what my style is, but I know that it comes out consistently in what I do, but it's like, it's colorful. It's not That's that it's style. not intentional, but it's not intentional. It's just like, I just do what I do and it comes out how it does. And it's like always on a theme maybe, but I don't know what that theme is. I couldn't write down the instructions for how to do it. I think it's just to me, <laughs> when I close my eyes and I think of flat face, it's just color. It's like, it's not black and white, right? It's yeah. like colors I would never use in like my designs. But like when I close my eyes, it's like purple, yellow, like greens and like nothing's like geometric. It's all like, you know, a little wavy and stuff. Like, yeah. I think that's really cool. Awesome. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a crystal you can skateboard. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that's such a cool perspective because it's like, yeah, I never really heard that before. It's awesome. I feel like that's because it's authentic. You you don't know what it is because you're just making. That's yeah. what you want to make. I didn't plan it, so to speak. It just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've always exactly made what I want to make. It's like if I think something can be done better or done a certain way, it's just like I got to do it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And I tell people that too. It's like if you want to make a product or a company or whatever it is, make it how you want it. Don't worry about what you think other people might want or not because you'll always get a million different answers. Yeah. And you know, do do what you think needs to be in this world and make it. I think that's sage advice, honestly. <laughs> I think a lot of people, especially with fingerboarding, I see a lot of trends and everyone's like hopping on a trend. Um, and that's kind of how things go. I'm not saying that's not the way things should go. Yeah. But I do like some, I love when something kind of stands out. It might not be for me. But I love the fact that someone thought differently. Yeah, um, totally. A good example is like that uh, Doom Lagoon, that guy. He he's has making, some cool stuff. Yeah, he's making these like resin bottom plies and making yeah. his own veneer and stuff. Like, uh, I think it's sick. It's cool. Yeah. So I heard you bought a house recently. It's a major life achievement. Thank you. Tell Thank us you. about it. Um, it's not going to be an original story. It'll probably line up with a lot of things that people are doing right now, but... Honestly, um, we, my girlfriend and I were living in the city um, during COVID and things were getting like very sketchy. Um, our mail was getting stolen every day. And it's not like it was just like junk mail getting stolen. It was like packages, things like we paid for. And during COVID, you needed every package you could possibly, like you needed those things to arrive. Yeah. Um, so... Coincidentally, no one ever stole our, um, no one ever stole our Blue Apron boxes because everyone's, you know, they're probably like, I gotta cook this. <laughs> um, uh, so they stole like stuff for Lauren, uh, my girlfriend's work. Um, they stole things like that was like records that we bought, you know. And during COVID, like every package counted. Like it was like you had so little, and to get stuff in the mail was like Christmas Day over and over again. So. Long story short, we basically just like fled because it was like more and more. I, we just didn't, we couldn't rely on where we lived and it was getting like unsafe. We didn't know who was in our building and all that stuff. So we moved back home, which is like upstate New York. And we wanted to be next to family, much like many other people did. Um, but also just going back home felt really nice. Like we had a car instead of in the city where you walked everywhere, like we'd go to like the grocery store and this works for people, I'm not bashing it, but like going to the grocery store in the city without a car, you have to like decide like, is today I'm gonna buy the like the, the gallon of juice or like, do I, do I not have like the, like, you know, the, the place for it? So it's so nice to now go to like a grocery store and just get a bunch of stuff and put it in your car and just drive off and be like, yeah, I don't know how much I got, but I needed it. So we moved, we were renting a house um, and after a year, year and a half, um, we decided we were tired of giving landlords our money because house renting a house versus an apartment, it's more expensive. And it just felt like I was flushing my money away and we weren't even being taken care of. Really. There was one time we had an ice storm and our like heat legitimately shut off and our house went down to like 49 degrees. And we were afraid our cats were going to die. Like, we were afraid, like, it was unsafe for us. Like, 
it was frigid. Yeah. Um, when we told them that, they were like, oh, we're busy right now working on like a house somewhere else. So we'll be there um, at the earliest uh, tomorrow night. <sighs> and I still really, I get that like, you know, if something's going on and you're somewhere else, but as a landlord and there's an emergency like that, you need to do what you need to do. And you need to take care of your people who are giving you money every month to live in the building that you're, ta that you're taking care of. I don't know what it's like to be a landlord. I can't claim if it's an easy job. I don't think it is. Um, but I do think that if you are going to be a landlord, you know what your responsibilities are. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, he should have called someone else to handle it if he couldn't do it. And I, it's that easy. It's one phone call. Yeah. It's probably going to cost you about the same money anyways, depending, you know, doesn't matter who does it. But yeah, it's not an easy job, like you said, but there's also always a solution. You have to keep people's like well-being in mind. Totally. I didn't feel cared about. I get that it's not their responsibility to care for us, but I didn't feel cared for in times of like an emergency. So yeah. I wasn't prepared to buy a house. I never thought I was ever going to at this point. I'm, I'm 31. I didn't know what their actual age was that you could buy a house. Clearly, you bought a house, and I, I was always like, wow, that's crazy. Like, Mike bought a house? <laughs> I never really just, I, I obviously, like, obviously never thought about a lot of things. Maybe that's my biggest regret, too, is I never really planned my life out. I never thought about big life decisions. And so my girlfriend was like, you, we should buy a house. Like, you should buy it. Like, we, we, you, we, we have the savings, and you are prepared to buy a house. And I weighed, honestly, the reason why, why, why we got it was because I didn't, I wanted to, if I'm going to flush my money away, I'll flush it to my, to myself. Yeah. And I fumbled my way through the, through the closing. Uh, I couldn't tell, I couldn't give anyone any advice. I don't know what <laughs> happened. I blacked out the whole time, but we found a house that was really right for us. And you know, you, when you know, you know. Oh yeah. It's a feeling. It is. Definitely. You walk in and you doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. I'm really glad we did that. I, I honestly would have never done that if my girlfriend didn't kind of push for it. Um, she definitely knew what what was needed, and it's been a really good decision. Like now, I'm like fully adulting. You know, like I just bought a lawnmower, <laughs> and I'm like, where am I gonna put a flat face sticker on my lawnmower? <laughs> um, no, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, that's really. Awesome. It is a good investment. I, I I know, and I've seen in like one of your stories too, like you've mentioned like how good of an investment it is to own a property, own land or whatever, like a house. Yeah. Especially now the house market is up and down, up and down <laughs> a lot up. Like it's like really yeah. hard to get a house right now, but it's a really good investment. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, like you said, basically if you're renting a house or an apartment, you're flushing your money down the drain essentially. And like the way I look at it is like, yeah, you had it when you had it, but now you, you know, like once it's over, all that money is gone and you have nothing to show for it. Yeah. Like you only have the past versus if you have a house, you know, you need to pay a little upfront, but then your mortgage payment is the same as your rent before, or maybe lower, maybe higher, but it's like in the range. Yeah. And you know, you can find a house that you can afford, even if it sounds like a high price, like mortgages are not more expensive than rent. Oh yeah. So, and then it's like every mortgage payment you make every month instead of a rent payment 
that money goes into something that you're owning more and more and more of. And anytime you want to sell that house, you don't have to pay it off. You can sell it tomorrow and get a different house, get all that money back that you've been putting into it. So you're paying yourself in a way. Like, yeah, you're paying the bank and you're paying for the house, but you, you keep the money essentially. It's kept in the item, the home that you have. And it sets you up for life really because it's like you're not wasting that money you're out of the trap of renting essentially and then i wish i knew that earlier that's why i really wanted to talk about this because (laughs) think of how many people listening can learn this like they don't teach this in school for whatever reason but you know if everybody at least had the idea in their head you don't have to buy a house but you have the idea you know the benefits of it you can think about it maybe five years down the line you revisit the idea and like okay maybe i'm ready now to own a house yeah and i it's it is not an easy thing especially now so i understand that like it's not easy to just be like i'm gonna buy a house right now it's like i had saved a shitload of money yeah. And I knew I saved it because I knew what would ha- I was going to run into something in the future. I, I'm not one to give financial advice, but I don't spend a lot of money. I've never been that way. I've always been like, I need my oh shit pile. Or yeah. I'm like, if anything happens, I'm prepared. I'm, and I think that that is what helped me make this massive decision. So it's, cool. it, and we also did, like you said, we made sure that our rent, our, our mortgage was the same price as what we were paying in the city. So nothing really changed. It just that guilt of giving it away to someone who didn't even care or didn't do anything to like make sure that we were okay because we we're giving them money. Now, like you're saying, like everything that you do to improve your house just makes it better for you in the long run too. Yeah. Major things. Totally. Not like Not like painting the walls, but like... I mean, even painting the walls a little bit, because if, if you make it nicer, you can sell it for a little bit more money. Yeah, and like, that's true. Everything adds up. So it's really, yeah, like, you know, if you're renting a house and you are even allowed to paint the walls and you paint the walls, it only benefits your eyes. Like you get, yeah, nice color, but it's like... <laughs> I love it. it. I love when things benefit my eyes. Me yeah. too. We yeah. all do. But, you know, when, when it's your house, it benefits your eyes and then it also benefits the value of the home. So if one day you decide to sell it, it's like wow, every room is so nicely painted. I have a good feeling in this home. I want to buy it. That's so true. You know, you know the, actually the house that we bought was not staged. It was, it was, we walked in and like, it was lived in. Yeah. And it was an interesting situation. We had to really look past a lot of the stuff that was in there. But you're creative, so you can see the potential in the space. Some I'm going to give can't. my girlfriend credit on that one. I, cool. I was yeah. like unable to see certain things and like, I think naturally, I feel like she was just able to like see past. We watched a lot of House Hunters too. I love that show. Yeah, it's oh, I love the stock music they choose. Uh, <laughs> oh, I gotta pay more attention to the music. That's funny. It's hilarious. The editing. I love those type of shows. Just I love the editing. Yeah. I love like all net like Love Is Blind. Like I've been dude, watching. we watched all of that. <laughs> so good. I'm on season four, like the current season, and. Oh my god, oh, the editing. Yeah. I, I, I would love to just sit behind the editor's shoulder and just watch what, what, how they choose certain it's things. It's so funny. It's great. Yeah. Dude, that's great. I'm so glad you watched that. Like, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, it's, it's really good. Yeah, we started watching a lot of that stuff like during the pandemic. And yeah, we watched like Love is Blind, Married at First Sight. And then what was like the Japan one? It was Love is Blind Japan. Yeah. That, 
uh, that's, that's I mean, really once cool. season four is over, I'm gonna be like, I need, I need more. Yeah, because when you see the cultural differences, how they behave, it's night and day, and it's so interesting. It's almost like traveling, where it broadens your perspective, but you get to do it from your couch. So. <laughs> I will definitely watch that. Yeah, super cool, and you really get a lot into people's like psychology. Like after watching a lot of these shows, like you get to see kind of like. You see a person in the beginning, they're, you're like, they're going to do this. And then it's like near yeah. the end and they did it. And you're like, no way, they really did it? Like, yeah. I'm not crazy? Oh, my God. The amount of so times fun. where I was like, I can't believe that just happened. Or like, like they really did a good job at like, it doesn't feel staged. Some scenes felt staged. I think there's times when the director has to say like, hey, can you repeat that? Or can you do that again? And then or it's you, like, oh. you two talk. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, there's no way that these two people are talking the most, like, the most like uh right the ones that are butting heads or something and they then just meet up for coffee yeah and they're like <laughs> their fiancés or whatever are like a yard away yeah. from them and like they're not hearing their conversations uh yeah that's yeah. that's good stuff i mean you you always have to be aware when you're watching tv even if it's a reality show or like something like totally supposed to be not staged you always have to know that it might be fake it might be entirely fake and scripted yeah. or it might be partially real and if you keep that in your mind, you learn so much more from it because you're not just like, oh, that's how it is. You're like, that might be how it might be. And then you, you can think of like things as possibilities and just like, huh, you know, cool story. Wow, I wonder like why they behave that way. And then sometimes like, oh, someone told them to or sometimes like, yeah, they, you can see how that's really their character. I think that's because you have edited things before. <laughs> Do you know how many people watch a movie and they're like, they 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 know that's actors, but they're like, oh my god, like he's gonna go do that, and like, don't yeah, do that, yeah. don't do that. Oh, I can't believe he did that, and it's like, and I want to be like, you know that like, that's not first real. it was written, yeah, <laughs> and then they cast a someone, they rehearsed it. One thing I suggest people do is um, pause a movie after you're watching a scene, rewind it, and watch the scene again immediately right afterwards because you'll see an actor reciting lines. Watching a movie first first time through, everything's fresh. Yep. If you watch it in, immediately a second time through, you Whoa. can start to see an actor doing what like what they're doing. And yeah, I don't know. I love I love just like the I love behind the scenes stuff and uh, like all that stuff. So That's I watch so all those cool. shows like aware that this is a show made to make drama and right. they are crafting that. Yeah. If if everything went smoothly, it would be a boring show. <laughs> very true yeah they gotta spice it up when they can kind of edge on those situations and stuff yeah yeah totally so now we know what your tv's playing what about your music what music do you play in your new house so um i think like there's a we we used to collect uh collect records <laughs> and like i used to be really like interested in records and like playing them and collecting them i thought it was really cool that like that's like the age group that we all grew up in. Like there, there were no records of like <coughs> the CDs that we had growing up. So to now have all these things pressed for the first time, it was like addicting. And I was like reliving a lot of my like childhood and stuff, which is, I love like skate punk from like 2003 and on like all that stuff, like no effects and like lag wagon and, and you know, MXPX and all that stuff. And like, to me, that was really great. 
and I was collecting it and I never played any of my records. Now they're just literally just like collectibles. Um, so lately I've, I've honestly been like, I find that as I get older, I revisit times in my life and I keep going back and being like, is this who I is, was this a part of me? Was this a part of me? So skate punk is like always going to be a part of me. Tony Hawk soundtracks, all that stuff. I've actually been lately revisiting a lot of like deathcore from like MySpace era. So like Whitechapel, Chelsea Grin, like as Blood Runs Black, like a bunch of stuff that a lot of fingerboarders had shown me. Like Brett Gagliardo showed me like half the music I I like. Um, That's kind of what I'm into. Um, I'm I'm been going to less and less shows lately um, just because it's harder because I'm not in the city anymore. But I'm actually going to see Block Party play in the city, which I'm super stoked for. Because nice. I've never seen them do a headlining show, and they're doing a one-off headliner show during their tour where they're opening for Paramore. So oh, I sick. couldn't be happier. So That's awesome. Yeah. And music's always going to be one of my other passions. It's, I've, I can't go a day without listening to something. Like it's, and I also love like music, especially in like fingerboarding, just to like bring it there yeah it's like it's a representation of you i always felt like we were talking about the flat face dvd earlier like the music that people chose was for a reason right right (laughs) yeah like (laughs) yeah totally it's like their character showing a little bit yeah like interest i think that's awesome and i think like that's what i discovered watching skate videos yep like we were just talking about the dc video and like some of the songs, like Metallica, like that's actually one of the first places I heard Metallica. Yeah, right. The whole catalog in that film is great. Like Lakai's fully flared. That soundtrack's great. Like music has just always been there. So, and I love that everyone's got something different that they're interested in. Yeah. Like your music taste is like, I don't know any of the songs or the artists. I don't know how you find the songs (laughs) or the artists that you use, but it's always interesting because I don't think anyone's really using any songs like that cool yeah yeah because i don't think they can find the the artist (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know like music is amazing and just the way that music makes you feel and like every type of music gives you different feelings and stuff but it's like yeah whether it's energizing or calming or euphoric or whatever it's just like i don't know you got to listen to music you can't put into words what music even does yeah but you kind of can but not really but like if you ever are editing a video and you have your song in there and then you just take it out and you put a completely different song and you watch it again, yeah. it's a totally different video completely. Yeah. The entire vibe is different, even though it's the same things you're seeing. So it's like, that's so true. It's huge. And that actually can make or break like the way I watch a video. Yep. Um, growing up, I was always drawn more to like the faster paced songs used in like skate videos flying fingers matt johnson used like metal and i remember being like what is this this is crazy music (laughs) and i realized i was just drawn to it so yeah i always love to i love more than posting the fingerboarding clip itself it's just finding the (laughs) song to add with the with the instagram clip it's so much fun yeah i love seeing what people choose too and like in kendama when i post my clips there i'm no one uses the music that i use Cool. And I love the fact that it's like, it's like wearing a graphic t-shirt. Yeah. Not everyone's going to say nice shirt until one person walks by you and they're like, sick shirt. And you know, that's the person that you would probably get along with. 
Yeah. I like that. So true. At the rendezvous. I love I love rendezvous drip. I want to I want to like capture rendezvous drip <laughs> because the amount of people where I'm like that's a sick shirt or like I've never seen someone dress like that, but that is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that. I love just seeing all that stuff, and music's no different. I'm inspired. I'm going to start looking at people's shirts now and, like, <laughs> actually processing it, you know, like, thinking about it a little. Just, like, that's cool. I really tune out clothing for whatever reason. I've always just not noticed. It's, like, rare that I'll notice something someone's wearing. I think that's... I don't think that's, like, weird, to be honest. I feel like it just... It's like I was always drawn to graphic t-shirts or or like when I started when I was like skateboarding as a kid I'd always be like what what deck graphic does that person have yeah did you ever think about that or like yeah when I was starting for sure it was like what skateboard do you have and then like yeah it's like their character it's like yeah. what what they chose what brand they chose and what style of graphic within that brand even and it's just like that was so important it's part to of me. the vibe it's almost like the music you yeah. know it's like yeah it's a huge part of it. I still, I just bought a skateboard like um, a couple of years ago and I was looking through the site and I was like, what are these brands? <laughs> I'm like, I don't identify with any of these brands. I don't know half of them anymore. Half of the brands I identified with are gone. So I ended up buying a darkroom deck because that's the artist from Alien Workshop. Oh, he sick. went off and did that. And I was like, I can, I can get behind this. The reason why I don't buy every tech deck now is because I don't understand half the graphics. Like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, but that just might be me. I might be, I'm getting older. <laughs> yeah, no, I find myself the same way. It's like, I know what I knew from before and the new stuff is like, yeah. it's only going to catch on if there's a reason for it too. Like, otherwise I don't know what it is. Yeah. I think that's just getting older, to be honest. It's just losing yeah. touch. Because if you were actually like following drops in graphics and boards and stuff you'd probably know what stuff i don't is, know but... how i never knew how people <laughs> yeah. knew what anything was in skateboarding including when i started i knew two videos that i had on dvd and that was it <laughs> like i was just like how do you know who skateboarders are what they look like what they're doing where to find anything i was like so out of touch but not on purpose like yeah. i just didn't understand where people were getting this knowledge from but i guess it's like I was probably nerding out on fingerboarding instead. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're probably reading, like, skate magazines. And I, like, rarely read them. You know, I'd read them if, like, I was at someone's house and they had one there. Yeah. But it's, like... I would buy one-offs from Barnes & Noble. I never had a, um, cool. had a subscription until two months ago. Wow. I got a Thrasher subscription. That sounds exciting. Is it, <laughs> it fun? Is. It's great. It and comes I'm actually... in the mail to you and everything? Yeah, and I'm oh. old enough to read the articles. I didn't care back in the day. Right. I would cut them up and I would make like collages and stuff. I would also yeah. just ogle at Jay's collection where he'd make the, the stair set. And I'd yeah. be like, oh, that's why people get the, the subscription. Or you get the, the posters or something. Like, uh, I also would say that CCS catalogs, that taught me about graphics. I would flip through those stupid small CCS catalogs <laughs> and be like, oh my God. Flip is really cool, or like World Industries is like really cool. Yeah, I don't think anything's like come close to like blind or like World Industries graphics. Like, it's so cool. Yeah, I bet if we were that age now, then whatever's coming out now would be that to us. Like, oh, this is so cool. Like, whatever what the new thing. <laughs> I don't know. Finesse. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like the ones with know. Sonic on them. I I feel like that's like, I feel like it's all licensed stuff. I don't know. Primitive, which is all licensed. Like, 
I think the only stuff that's cool is the brands that have held on. That's what I like too. I like the old stuff that's Zero. still going. Yeah. Mystery. But that's because it's classic to us. It has that's like true. its roots in our childhood, so we're biased towards enjoying it. Yeah, that's true. I'll admit to that. All right, time for the user submitted questions. I'm so excited <laughs> and curious what people ask me. All right, we can start off simple with favorite trick. Hmm. Nolly flip. Because it's easy. Because <laughs> it's easy, dude. Nolly flip's not easy when you're getting started, though. Once you learn them, they're so easy. Yes, yes. But until you get to that point... It used to be tray flip, but my decks don't do tray flips well. <laughs> <laughs> I, or, or it's me. But like, to me, nollie flips are just like, you don't have to do anything. And it's easy to get them into, into grinds, too. Like, yeah. yeah, you have a very subtle motion to do it, which is really nice. I also have my, my fingers are always like, splayed, like, like spread out. I've never like done like you know the close together stuff yeah. so they're just always been very fun to me awesome i never thought that would be my answer to be honest <laughs> i didn't think about it until now what's your favorite trick tray flip or kick flip probably yeah i don't know i really like a good tray flip like when it gets real like i don't know that, like a not like that slower yeah, just when it wraps it. around your front finger the right way, like before it like releases, just like yeah. the best feeling. Yeah, it I is. I love tray flips. It's also a good one to show someone who doesn't know anything about fingerboarding. Yeah. Like, that's a very... I like impossibles for that because they're just like, <laughs> it wrapped around yeah. your finger. What? <laughs> like, first do like a kickflip or something and then like an impossible. They're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, tray flips very similar to that too. Let's see. Can you ask Tim why he is so nice? I don't know. <laughs> That's super nice. That is a very nice thing to say. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm just figuring out life at the same time as you are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you be nice, right? Like, I think we're all pretty friendly. How long have you been fingerboarding for? Well, we covered that. 2006, so. seven. Yeah. I mean, like, seriously fingerboarding. Yeah. How's the inspiration for your crazy combos? I always like to think, what have I not done? Yeah. Because I don't film all the stuff I've done. If I'm going to make another... if I, I haven't made an edit in a long time, but if I'm going to make an edit... I am not going to just do the sim like the same tricks on the same ledge right. that I did in the previous edit. So with Instagram, the way it's changed like the landscape of like fingerboarding and stuff, to me, now I'm like like I just pulled out the Tech Deck 8 stair and I was like, this is this feels amazing. And it's like this has always been a challenging obstacle to do anything on. So I was like, what can I do on it that I've never seen before? And it's not like a race, but I'm just like, I wanna do something that's going to make someone want to watch my my video i see a lot of stuff and i watch like half of it i'm like i got the idea it's a sesh but i don't want to see seshes yeah that's just me that's just me so i like to just do stuff i haven't seen or i haven't done before that's the best um how he started playing guitar and how that helps with fingerboarding that's an awesome question yeah this, this is really sweet questions um 
I played guitar when I was in middle school. Um, I got a classical guitar. I think you have one of those right somewhere over there. The one with like the night, like the plastic strings. And I took lessons and my teacher, obviously what never, like, you know, any normal person would do, they'd see what guitar you bring. And then they teach you that. So I brought a classical guitar. I started learning like classical guitar with like my fingers. And I remember being like, I'll put up with this. I'll do it a little bit. I wasn't interested at all. And so I wanted to him to teach me like corn. Obviously, <laughs> classical guitar and corn like don't match. Um, so I ended up just not being interested. And I really wanted to play wow. what I wanted to play, which yeah. was like Green Day and stuff. So I started going on ultimateguitar.com, learned how to read tabs and chords. And I just started learning from there. And I still do that now, except I learn by ear. because it's more of fun, more of a challenge. So I'm still playing guitar almost every single day. I love playing bass as well, um, and I find it's the same. I think it's the same answer for like kendama, guitar, and fingerboarding. It's all dexterity. It's all eye coordination. It's but for guitar, I get my ear. It trains my ear, and it trains how close you pay attention to something. So yeah. with fingerboarding, if you keep doing the trick the same exact way, you're never gonna get it. You have to try it different each time and you'll eventually find what works for you. And same thing with guitar. So it's helped me that way. Same thing with like Kendama. It's like the same thing of like, try, 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 and then you'll get it. And then all of a sudden, like, I remember I used to like rage quit skateboarding, trying to learn the kickflip. And then one day I got it. And from then on, I just like could just get it. Yeah. Like, it's weird how that works. So yeah, I love guitar. Play what you want to play. That's what I would suggest. If lessons aren't working, like somehow teach yourself like Green Day. <laughs> yeah. It all starts there. You wanna play us a little Green Day? <laughs> yeah. Thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, Green Day would be um Whoop. What the hell? Uh <laughs> Dude, I went through like a mini phase for like three days, like listening to Green Day, because like that was like middle school. Yeah. I haven't really heard them much. They came out on the radio when we were driving, and like I put it kind of loud, and it was like so crazy. Like I heard his voice for the first time, like the real details of it or whatever, and it just like I was like, wow, we got to listen to all the Green Day that I used to listen to. And like this, <laughs> for like a few days, I was just like super into it. It's, I love it. So nostalgic, dude. Yeah. Revisiting nostalgia is, yeah. I know it's painful for some people. Maybe that's something that I won't, like, I don't understand because I, I don't know what, you know, to each his own. I understand we all have different things. But for me, revisiting things that I used to love that I haven't revisited in a long time is therapeutic. I love nostalgia. I really love it. Yeah. And I think there's been certain times where it was difficult for me to go back to, like, very specific, like, songs because they would remind me of like a bad or difficult time I was going through. Yeah. And then a few years later, it wasn't difficult at all. So it's like once you've processed those difficult times, if you've had them, of course, sounds like maybe you didn't, but or not in this specific way. But if you have I for anyone I've revisited those things that, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> if you revisit something that's difficult for you, like try to heal those parts of your your memory or your experiences like once you can look at them in a more positive way and see how you've grown from them in a good way and leave behind all the negative, then you can go back and listen to it and, like, it's good again. Yeah. And it's like, no way. Like, 
that song doesn't have to make me sad anymore. I really love it again. That's true. That's it's very happened true. To me and it's awesome. Yeah, I like that. Like you're almost like separating the memory from the thing. Yeah. And going back to the thing. It's cool. Yeah, but yeah, most of whenever I go back to something from before, like when I was younger, it's always so good. Yeah. It's like awesome, super nostalgic feelings. Definitely, especially music in general, any music. Yeah, yeah. That's actually a lot of the music I still like now. I've not moved on from because it just makes me feel good. I think everyone does that. Look at the radio. They got the same songs from the 70s still playing. I know. Why? Because people want to hear it still. Because yep. everyone listening to that either heard it when they were growing up or heard it like when they were growing up. Also, like I'm yeah. thinking two generations, like the actual generation when it came yes. out and then like our parents. generations hearing our parents playing it. And then to us, it's now nostalgic too. Yeah. And it's like those songs from the 70s are going to be playing in like 2070 because yeah. it just keeps getting pushed on like, what's our music going to be called 20 years from now it's not going to be it's going to be like also classic rock <laughs> like that's crazy yeah i don't even know what the music now is ridiculous <laughs> but like that's somebody's future nostalgia yeah <laughs> let's see what else uh, favorite black river park Oh, that's easy. Um, <laughs> it's the one with all the humps. Yeah, the G8 park. Yeah, that one. I Every rendezvous, I'm like, find myself hitting the humps, like, first. <laughs> and it's got that, is, if I'm right, it's got that same one with the planter, with the stair set and the flat thing. There's like a... Yeah. So uh, I love that gap. Because you could do, like, a trick on the granite planter and then gap across the stairs and like hit that ledge like it's, it's sick that's an, that's an easy yeah easy one awesome you know what's cool is i noticed that the g16 park is the same layout as that park they changed each obstacle but it's the same thing the oh, same shit. flow the same like you got this spot here and that spot there like when we go look at it you'll be oh, like yeah. no way yeah, yeah. It totally oh, I, also, is. I love the yeah it's, i love the long rail with the pallet with the kicker yeah um yeah it's a really good park Is fingerboarding nostalgic for you? Yes. <laughs> yes, actively. At the same time, it's like, yeah. I like doing it because it's nostalgic. And it's also part of like, <laughs> it's part of my life at this point. Yeah. Rob, this is interested. Pineapple on pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. It's really good. I'm kind of like freaky with certain things like, like that, like. I like it. Yeah. It's awesome. What was the inspiration for the Hurley clothing line? I was just, you know, it's funny. I was just talking to my girlfriend about this and I was like, do people really know why they wear Hurley in 2023? <laughs> <laughs> like I just bought a couple Hurley things from like Marshalls and like, it's a, it's a brand that I've, I get Fox racing. I get, um, Billabong. I get Quicksilver like, cause it's all the same, right? Those are all like the things you would get at like, um, like Bob's stores or something like that, right? Yeah. And like, I get it. I get that it was a like Fox Racing was like BMX and like Quicksilver was like, was like snowboarding and surfing and stuff and like I don't know. You get all that stuff. I never knew what Hurley was, but I wore it because obviously I I it like, I could, 
but I never understood. Like I, I love seeing how people who still like, there's some people who like have worn a Hurley hat like their whole life. And it's like, I just, I love it. I don't know. To each his own. We'll keep wearing it. It's sweet. But like, I just don't, I don't know like what it is. <laughs> That's amazing. Is it a curse being a left-handed fingerboarder? No, it's not. Because I get to use the parks in ways that other people don't. Yeah, it's a blessing. I've, there's uh, Doctor's Park, really good example. I, can, I get to hit the non-stair set side in the best way like other Any people trick can. you do has never been done, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was cool. Last rendezvous, um, when I met Ali and Sally, I was like, no way, we're, both, we're all left-handed. So we got to play like a left-handed game of skate on a park, nice. which I never get to do. So it's not a curse at all. It's yeah. like, it's a gift. That's super fun. Wow, we're on this. Uh, your opinion on the new wave of fingerboarding, knowing he's an OG. I have my thoughts. I have something, but this is, you know, again, this is like opinion, right? Like, I am not bashing anyone who is currently doing this. I just feel like the current state of fingerboarding is very trend-based. And I guess I wouldn't know any better if I didn't fingerboard and I just got into it now. Right. Seeing what the landscape is, I wouldn't know any better. To me, um, you don't need concrete everything. You don't need these weird concrete obstacles that are made from like a corner of like a box that like a weird like mold that they found in like you know a product and then like made a concrete obstacle out of it i think it's a little strange because it's not like again i view fingerboarding as like an extension of skateboarding so to me it's like and this is all my opinion if your fingerboard doesn't look like a skateboard it's like i don't know it doesn't really work for me like i like white wheels i colored wheels are a little hard for me to like I can't track them with my eye. Um, You're sounding so old right now. I'm like, dude, I love when people mold the corner of something and make a weird obstacle. I <laughs> but like, no, it's really cool. Like Everybody has their own different like things they like and they don't like. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Skateboarding's always been that way. Yep. Use whatever you want. I, I just personally, I don't like lines in my grip tape. I don't like, I don't like combinations of... of skate grip and foam grip that's blasphemous in my opinion it's weird um truck width should always be the width of the of the deck i agree on that one so i don't know yeah. i think it's interesting key framing is interesting it it can be done you know who does it really well uh renzi renzi man yeah he's the only person that can yeah very frame. rarely <laughs> do i want to see key framing i really don't like it i'm like either film it static or have someone film you or film yourself but yeah. like that robotic jumpiness is like <sighs> it's strange it's strange i think again i think um also uh i think obstacles to me are really like i think for a while my really one big complaint was like doing tech tricks on a parking block it's like no I, I that's like doing like a grind trick on like one dvd that you put on your like it's like it to me my brain doesn't make sense of it it's like you wouldn't do that in re like you would never do like nolly tray five oh tray full bow on like a parking block unless you're day one song or something yeah now that you spoke it into existence people are gonna start doing it that'll be awesome they've already done it <laughs> yeah. yeah on a skateboard i mean to each his own i like i like to i do things my way and yeah keep doing things your way yeah Some, totally. if, 
people who do those things that I don't like have more followers than I do. So we're good. <laughs> yeah. No, it's ultimately about doing what you, not you, but like each person yeah. wants to do. So yeah. Yeah. Um, is there a specific sport Tim is into? Kendama. Yeah. <laughs> what exercise does Tim do for his arm gains? I just started going to the gym um, last week for the first time <laughs> in my whole life. I've only been twice, and I'm too afraid to go to the arm stuff, so I've just done the treadmill and the um, bicycle. I can't tell you. <laughs> I don't have arm gains, honestly. <laughs> I, I lug the water bottles into my house to put in, like, the water system. That's it. Perfect. That's all you need. When's your next full part coming out? That's an interesting question. I I want to do another one, but I have thoughts about, like, I want to do one where it's, like, not in a messy room. I want to, like, kind of bring it to some place where I want to film and, like, make it a bit more intentional. I did, like, a vert part, and that was really fun, and... I just like laid on my floor and like fingerboarded on like tech deck ramps and like the mini dose or whatever, but, or the dose. I just, I don't know yet. I don't know. I'd love to do something though. Yeah. We were going to film one today, but this podcast took up the whole day. <laughs> yeah. I do hope we can get a couple of tricks in, but. Oh yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Come back. We'll film a part on the park if you want. That would be awesome. That would be sweet. A couple more? One more oh, only. Sweet. Hardest combo you landed on film? Uh, I don't know. You know, you know that question that people would be like, "What's your hardest trick?" And you're like, "I, yeah. I don't know because because I've done it. They're all like, hard, yeah. and then I land it, and I'm like, okay, yeah. Uh, I don't know. The one thing that came to mind, but it's not. It wasn't hard. I kind of did it quicker than I thought. In uh. Many moons ago, I did a part for Homewood, and I did like a, on the box three, I did a tray flip. Sorry, nollie tray, manual, bigger flip, out. But that's one of those things where it's like, once you lock in, doing the bigger flip's like not too hard. I think that was kind of tricky, but I did something with Primo once. (laughs) (laughs) That's a hard question. Yeah, I think that might have been a joke question, because it was from Chris P., (laughs) <laughs> not sure if he was serious or not but yeah i don't know i've actually here's the last thing i'll say i've never left a session not landing the trick i wanted to get wow professional yeah. over here yeah it seems incomplete or at least i'll yeah. come back to it and i'll get it yeah i know what you mean i've done a lot of tricks that i get on film and i don't post them even though they were the trick i wanted to get um i was doing something on the winkler spine like ramp that i have and i was doing on the extension, because uh, I'm left-handed, it's like, it's like a blessing. I get to hit the extension, and I did switch. Uh, sorry, I rode up here, and I did switch smith, switch flip, down to the bottom part, s- switch smith. Sick. And it took me forever, because I wanted to get it clean. And I got it, and I never posted it, because it was just didn't look good. Well, so, uh, yeah. I, but I came back to that, like, three times. So, Yeah. I'll be looking to see you post one, and we'll know that's the good one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to come back to it. Sweet. Thank you 
for having me. And yeah. if anyone's made it this long in, that's awesome. That's Dude, I bet you a lot of people listen to this whole thing. This was an amazing chat. That's like, I we agree. covered a lot of topics. You went really in depth with some cool personal things. And I think, you know, there's there's a lot of interesting things for people to gain from it. So thank you. Good and this is cool because I really don't get a chance to catch up with you at the at the rendezvous or anything so this is like the most i feel like we just caught up on like 10 years of like <laughs> yeah it's awesome it's, yeah. it's really good hanging out like just in a small group and not when it's all hectic yeah definitely and, th and thank you for making finger work content that is not just like it's like breaking the mold it's like actually giving longer form stuff so i think it's really cool yeah i want to show everything you know the big picture not just fingerboarding but really how it plays into everything and then yeah. also the amount of fingerboard detail that we did cover is really useful for like both people who don't know it and people who are gonna remember it and be like oh yeah wow like you know it's like yeah there's yeah, if, so much if you're as obsessed as i was when i was starting out this would be like candy i would be like what does that even mean like yeah <laughs> so yeah. yeah, watch it again if you just finished the episode. Start it over. Watch, watch it a second time. Yeah, watch because... the second time. You'll see it's actually <laughs> just repeating a script. So, awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you. Yeah, it was awesome having you. Thank yeah. you.